Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Podcast, the C3 Panthers podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Kicking off the 2022 season. I always start our seasons with the week after the Tuesday after the Super Bowl because that is the final capstone that is the book end to last season and a big announcement for you guys this kicking off the 10th season for the C3 Panthers podcast right 2013 2014 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 yeah man how about that the longest running Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Hop in the car. We're heading to Bank of America and we got some bitching and some complaining to do. We got some celebrating to do, I guess. Maybe we have some optimism. Maybe we don't. Tonight's show, QB or not to QB, that is the question. And I will answer that question with my co host, Cody Lashney. Welcome back. Tony Dunn. Football is officially over. We will not watch more professional football until sometime around late summer of this year. But one of the things that we differ in from the NFL season is we have no offseason. Come rain, sleet, or snow, financial and economic collapse. One Pandemic thing or not. That pandemic or not. Volcanoes erupting or not. No matter what happens, your boys congregate right here on a Tuesday night and hang out with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, Tony Dunn. You already know them and love them. We got our man Drew, ATX19, Brad Holt, The Real Zero Chill, Hector Macho Camacho, Joey the Blind Panther, Matt Knows Nothing, Sideshow Rob. Tim Estes, Underground West, and Zach Simmons, 13. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, my brother. Let's roll. Good New Year to you, sir, CK. I call it the C3 New Year. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. Good to be here. Good to be here celebrating what is a new season of the C3 Panthers podcast. 
Um, this is really when you're starting to see the ramp up, I think, of the draft discussion. The free agency is going to be hitting much sooner than people realize. Um, that is just around the corner. Do we keep them? Do we not? I think these are all discussions we're going to be having over the next few weeks. But I will say this much, uh, you know, the consistency of being here with you boys, chalking up what we have, uh, the, what the things we do have to discuss with the Carolina Panthers, um, and, and, of course, talking about what we see out of the league uh, as well. We are a Panthers podcast, but when the Panthers aren't really doing anything, we also have to talk about what we're seeing in the league. And I think we need to have a conversation about Matthew Stafford and how we fucking missed that, missed that boat. Oh. Yeah, we, uh, we do have to look in the context. We swim amongst the NFL, right? Um, yep. That is oh, our yeah. C. The number is 252-228-5098. That is 252-228-5098. Cody, last year I was going to tell you this. Is I was telling CK before we got rocking and rolling. I was trying to delete some of the calls out of the voicemail. Um, and when I say tr- some, I just deleted from back to October, right? No, November till now. We've had 400 calls since November. <laughs> wow. That's pretty you wild, know, man. That is wild. But you know what? Uh, look at this comment right here. Joey the Blind Panther says the C3 Panthers podcast has been the only good thing that has been consistent with the Carolina Panthers in quite some times. We're here for Panther fans by Panther fans because we are a bunch of Panther fans. And to add on to what CK was saying, I think this Super Bowl um, has opened up a lot of room for a lot of good discussions, not only about Matthew Stafford, but it shows you that there's more than one way to skin a cat. And Mm. I think that we might need to look at this Super Bowl and kind of think about are the Panthers taking the correct way to building their team of the future? And some of the methods in doing so. I mean, the Bengals, you know, they didn't have a, a heavily invested offensive line, as everyone can tell. And yet they made it to a Super Bowl because they took the quarterback and the wide receiver that they felt most comfortable with. And that's an entirely different path than the Los Angeles Rams took, who went heavy in free agency and gave up all their draft picks. So it really lends towards a a good discussion about how the Carolina Panthers should attack this offseason. Your thoughts on the Super Bowl, guys? Oh, man. Good game. Good game. Um, I mean, sad to see so much of the NFL dictated by penalties or even blown calls, like at the same time, you know, is that they let them play all the way through the game and then the laundry starts coming out at the end. Really, you know, I mean, if you are a Bengals fan at that point, you're saying the fix is in. (laughs) The fix is in. But at the same time, that one uh, touchdown, Jalen Ramsey is getting unfairly roasted, I think, um, by saying like he gave up more yards than ever. Like one of those was 70 something yards on one pass on one where play, he got yeah. ripped his head yeah. ripped off. Right. Um, and I was rooting against the Rams. You know, I was rooting for the yeah. Bengals. So it was like, I'm like, eh, you know, let them play. <laughs> but at the same time, it does stink. Man, um, the Bengals defense couldn't stop at anything at the end. And, and no. unfairly, they probably had to stop too much at the same time. They so your thoughts on much. the game? I'll let you go, Cody. Well, I mean, listen, I feel like the Bengals' offensive line did a good job early in the football game at, at protecting Joe Burrow. 
Uh, but then as time went on, you see players like Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller prove to you why they get paid the money that they do. Uh, they took over the football game and sacked Joe Burrow more than any other quarterback has ever been sacked in uh, a Super Bowl. And I feel like if, if you would have told us that before the Super Bowl, we all would have been like, hmm, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> you know, That's kind of what we figured would happen given how bad that offensive line was. Um, but at, at the end of the day, they just, you know, uh, Joe Burrow had to get the ball out of his hands very quick. And that allowed, and us Panthers know this all too well. This is what all teams do against us. They, they rush the passer. Well, that they're just, they use those stunts. They're very aggressive. They're well-timed with blitzes and it forces the quarterback to get the ball out of his hand very fast which then causes defensive backs to be able to bite down on things. Um, you know, also very similar to the Panthers, I felt like the Bengals were at their best when they were running the football behind Joe Mixon and just pounding the rock. Um, and then at some point, they kind of got away from that. But overall, you know, defense wins championships. And that's something that we've all said for a long time now. Um, and that's what many Panther fans uh, have wanted the Panthers to do. And that's kind of Matt Rule's mindset as well, that we're going to be a defensive football team who is, you know, yep. led by our defense. And then they're going to ask our offense to do just enough, primarily run the football, and whenever they can, take some shots. Um, I just think the, the better, more talented football team won the day. And that's really as simple as that. I don't disagree. I think, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, I, I think the offensive line has been a question mark all year for them. Um, we talked about it. And uh, listen, I mean, it's talent can take you a pretty far distance. And I think we see that with the, the Bengals. But when you don't have the pieces in place to that are that are going to be the backbone of your team, that are going to be the the offensive line, the, the 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 defense, all of those things, as Cody mentioned, you're going to have a hard time, you know, when you're facing a team like that. Um, now, the question mark, and, and you see, there's going to be a debate, right? And I think there's already a debate happening right now with the the whether or not Matt Stafford is a uh, is a Hall of Fame type quarterback. Yeah, his resume right now, he is not right. Like he's got the Super Bowl. I think that would help his chances. But had he, the problem is, is like when you compare him, when you see exactly what he's been able to do with talent around him, everybody wants to sit there and like, we, I, I've mentioned it time and time again with um, Patrick Mahomes. Everybody was oohing and aahing over his no-look passes, right? Matthew Stafford has been doing that his entire career, and nobody wants to say anything because he was on the Detroit Lions. Now guess what? He wins a Super Bowl, throwing one of the sickest passes that you'll ever see in a Super Bowl. Probably will go down as one of the best uh, passes that I've ever seen from a quarterback, especially when you look at it in slow motion from the angle they've been pushing out there like they have, right? You look at all those things. Matthew Stafford is not a bad quarterback. He was given a, a, a poor opportunity, and uh, he is he's done the most with what he's he's been able to do since he's uh you know since he's been at uh, in the Rams. I think uh, I think he has a lot more to do in order to be able to be considered a a Hall of Fame type quarterback. But, man, he is making an argument at this point in time. And, I, you know, the, let the argument commence because I think it's worthy of a of a discussion. 
by the way, this was the uh, the no look pass that CK is talking about. Uh, look, look at Matthew Stafford's eyes the whole time. Keeps his head one direction, and then just whoosh, right the other way, right into the hands of Cooper Cup. Dude, if you're a football fan and you don't see plays like that and go, holy shit, dude, that's why you watch football, man. The yep. timing, the timing that Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are on with one another. I mean, you know, I've said this throughout the course of the year, you know, with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams. Having a quarterback-receiver combo where you know they are on the same page, it makes you so incredibly dangerous from any point on the football field. And that's why the Rams went all in on all that talent. And Matthew Stafford, because they knew that they could put a good football team around him to allow him to make those kinds of banana plays that that we just saw. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford wouldn't have ever done that on the Panthers. He might have made some of those passes, but, you know, we all know that Matthew Stafford would not have had the same level of success here in Carolina that he did with the Rams. And that's why he made the best decision that he possibly could have made for his career. I think one thing that we we see is like um, if if we're having a discussion about whether Matt Stafford should be a Hall of Famer or not, which I don't even think it's close at this point that he should be considered Hall of Fame. Uh, I think he should be considered really a, just a really a good football player that's been on a bad team or you know and under difficult circumstances. Yep. But it shows you too much, so much how much um, just winning changes the narrative. Well, certainly, you know, what I mean, is that like if the Rams lose this game right here? You're talking about how Stafford didn't get it done, how he's, how part he's of the, the biggest, problem. Yeah, halfway through the the first half, you had people already commenting on Twitter about Matt Stafford, the biggest choke artist on the planet, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he led interceptions, led the league in interceptions this year. You know, so I mean, yeah. like, is like, this shows you what winning does to a narrative, right? Right. Is that yeah. um, the other thing that I think that this game reveals to us, not not only did you say there are different ways to skin a cat, Cody, I, I do think that's mm-hmm. important, right, is to think about, like, different ways to build a team. But what I think this shows us is how much has to go right for you to actually win. Yeah. Because the Rams are the superior team here, right? Like, I mean, they got all of this going on. Odds on favor. Their odds, like, they almost lost that damn game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is that you get, you get the quarterback, you got the defense, you got this, you got everything possible. You even get, get Odell Beckham halfway through the season and he like gets it together and is like looking awesome. Like everything yeah. has to go right. Even to the last moment to the last yeah. moment. And um, when I, when I looked at that, I know that the Bengals offensive line, we all knew that that was their, their weakness. Right. I mean, real. And, and their and their defense has is just pretty good. It's just just okay. It wasn't. It's not. You know, it hasn't been shut down. I right. feel like. But I feel uh, what I also think is that that offensive line just got fatigued towards the end. I mean, how you can know, you is not? that? I mean, like, yeah, I know. Is that you are going up against the best athletes in the NFL? Um, Aaron Donald, arguably the best player in the NFL. Like at this point, you're just gassed. Like that poor guard, he wasn't good to start with. 
<laughs> and they played really well for a long time in that game. And then it's just like, man, I can't go. Like, I can't. One more play, boss, please. No, I am so tired. So um, things have to go so right. So right. Even when you've already perfectly aligned the team, when you built the team perfectly and you got everything, um, things have to go well. Now, this begs the question to me, or this was, and I saw someone bring this up on Twitter today, is that Joe Burrow is the same age that Cam Newton was when he went to the Super Bowl. Yep. And I tell you this, is um, at that moment, when Cam wins the NFL MVP, had one of the most exciting seasons for a quarterback ever, and I really felt like you were at, at, in, in 2015, even after that Super Bowl, I felt like we started, we saw Cam stepping into his, like into the stratosphere, you know, like that's where we felt like we were going. Yeah. And isn't it wild? Like, um, you felt like, man, we'll, we'll be back here before long. It's yeah. not and that simple. Is and it? Well, we're look at where we're at now, you know? So even yeah. for the Bengals, even for the, and maybe that shows you why their aggressiveness with Matt Stafford goes to show you that their recognition of that. They were just in the Super Bowl two years ago or three. What was it? Two or three years ago? Something like that. Yeah. When when they put yeah, when they lost 20, the Patriots. 2017. Yeah. I mean, and so they could be sitting there. Man, we got there with Jared Goff. We got there. We were so close. We just put didn't put together a good offensive game plan. We got right. out coached. And even that, so they even uh, that's a lesson I feel like they learned is like yeah. the moment is now. Like, I mean, that sucks for Cincinnati because they might have their great quarterback. They might have all of this, and but like everything has to go right. Well, so that kind of it goes back to my argument that I was saying earlier that there's more than one way this can cat, and it goes back to this thing where the Panthers think that we are only one quarterback and one season away from being a Super Bowl contender. Now, for us, that's a very flawed logic because us who follow the team. We know that we need more safety help. We know that we need more linebacker help. We know how atrocious this offensive line has been. And then you add the quarterback conversation to that. It's like, yeah, we're not close, right? But then the point that you made, look at the Rams. They were actually in the Super Bowl and had a legitimate reason to believe that their quarterback was holding them back. So that's why it made all the sense in the world for a team that's built that way to go out and get a Matthew Stafford and invest in a quarterback that can take you all the way. This is where I have a problem with a lot of Panther fans, you know, just saying, well, if we just, you know, go and get a quarterback, that'll fix everything. Well, no, that's not necessarily true either. Then on the flip side of that, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. And as, you know, as we alluded to, the Carolina Panthers are the perfect scenario that the Bengals should be looking at and say, okay, that's what we don't want to do as a football team that made it to the Super Bowl and then just terribly regressed back to the means. But one of the things that the Bengals do have over us is they're currently number fourth in the NFL uh, in cap space at $51 million. So they have money to spend and they have the, the, the means to put talent on that football team around Joe Burrow. Um, so, you know, you're going to hear a lot of hot takes 
from people all throughout this process. Oh, the Panthers have to take a quarterback or the Panthers have to go offensive line. Well, no, it's kind of both of them. You have to make sure that your foot, that your team has proper talent evaluators so that they can bring the right talent to the football team and not try and fit a square peg into a round hole just because right. some other team did it before. Yeah, I don't want to look at the guy beside me on the roulette table or the craps table and he's playing the hard 10 and made money. And then I go, well, by, I got good odds then of making money that way when that's a right. low probability bet. You know what I mean? It's a low right. probability bet just because somebody else. And look, the Bengals, they caught lightning in a bottle this year. Sure. Is that, you know what I mean? They they kind of look like better than, you know, we did, you know we were suspect of them. But they hadn't, <clears> won a, they hadn't won a damn playoff game in 30 years. And then they won right. three in a row. And I mean, and they won impressively, right? It wasn't like... They didn't win convincingly, but they won in a like back, knockout, n- drag out type of a thing. And that was something like it was almost nice to see that to see Joe Burrow be able to fight back from a 17 point deficit against the Chiefs and and do the same thing that they did the you know during the season. They did the exact same thing two, two times this year against the Chiefs. I, I do think that there is it, it's something to look at and be like that. That's pretty impressive. But also, you talk about exactly what everybody's been mentioning. And it's interesting because most people aren't comparing uh, Joe Burrow to Cam Newton other than his fashion sense. Um, most people are comparing him to Andrew Luck. Not because of like, ta- but because Andrew Luck had to deal with injury after injury after injury. Even with somewhat of an investment in their offensive line, he still was dealing with these injuries because they couldn't protect him to the effectiveness that he needed to be protected. And he retired early, right? A lot of people are trying to draw that comparison between those two. So you could see a scenario because he did start his career late in comparison to most quarterbacks in the NFL. Like he started, you know, he's 25. You got to keep in mind, this is his second year. When Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl, it was his fourth or fifth year, right? So like he's already starting on a, on a bit of a handicap that he's coming in so late in his, uh, in his life uh, into the NFL. Um, so we're going to see this start to, you know, kind of, pan out a lot of people are uh are, are definitely looking at that offensive line as the biggest issue for them but i think you're right tony because they it's lightning in a bottle everybody wants to talk about these guys are going to be back these guys are going to be back these guys are going to be back yeah you never know man one Dude, you're one injury away never, look at simple. you know what look i mean at, look cam newton look went at the afc got... tell me how they're gonna how they're gonna be back consistently I think it's possible, but it just all goes down to is can can Joe Burrow um, stay healthy? Like so much of the NFL is superstars just staying healthy too, right? And coming, you know, I mean, look, people thought Aaron Rodgers was done uh, a few years ago, and then he came back from injury and revi- you know had a revitalizing moment over the last couple of years. So it's how you respond to those injuries, and that's actually been the issue with Cam Newton. Is that like once these injuries started to set in, he deteriorated as a uh, as physically is deteriorating. Yeah, and um, you know we knew there was some risk there, but it does feel like look. With first of all, that's seven years ago, six seven years ago now, twenty fifteen. Um, it just felt like man, we're gonna have more time to try to get this right in the future, and look at where we're at. So if we kind of spin that to QB or not to QB, um, Nick Montero 
um, sent me a message. I thought we had a good little brief conversation on Facebook the other day. And he said, look, I know people are going to look at this Joe Burrow and say, man, Joe Burrow is a good example of like, you got to, you got to get your quarterback. And it's true. Like, it's almost like you can't win without a quarterback. Right. But yeah, you can't also win with a quarterback when you're without him because he's getting murdered. Right. Yeah. You need both. Like is you can't, it's not one thing that fixes anything. A quarterback, a better quarterback will propel this team to the next level. But I thought yes. like up a good point was is that finding Joe Burrow isn't easy. Mm-mm. No, I mean, look at how many swings and misses there have been on Joe Burrow so far when it comes to all of these other quarterbacks that people have misevaluated as being good, from Jared Goff to Sam Darnold to um Josh Rosen, Carson Wentz. Yeah, is so is that if you if if the odds of hitting that one in a million type quarterback are so long and you know that you're going to probably have a better than average quarterback in reality, then it does seem like building that offensive line, building that wall does put you in a statistically stronger place for winning. Like, uh, like a probability sense. Right. It, it does. But see, then I, I don't like making decision based off of data and odds. Well, because to me, like what you just said, Tony, that was Matt Rule's take on it even last year. Yeah. Well, these well fear. these quarterbacks fear. they're kind of they're kind of boom and bust. So you are being led by fear rather than your evaluation of the players that you are meant to evaluate. And that's why I've been saying, and I'll continue to say it: every draft class is a brand new entirely different class entirely on its own right. you don't judge you don't judge it based to another class before it because if you start to do that you are going to miss out on very talented football players that could help you win right now this is why the carolina panthers could have had Rashawn slater and they could have had justin fields whether or not you <laughs> believe him to be a good quarterback or not it's still a young quarterback that we could have had on a rookie contract so you know, with that said, you know, there is no one size fits all. No, every team, not. every team is built different and you have to do what's best for your football team. There might be similarities with the Rams and the Bengals, but the Panthers are not the Bengals. The Panthers are not the Rams. We're not the Niners. We're the Carolina Panthers. And I think going forward, it's so imperative that one, Scott Federer get the power back in his hands and be able to make decisions on behalf of this football team and not Matt Rule. And then for him to do just that, you know, use his evaluation to build this football team in the proper fashion. We don't have a ton of money to do it or a ton of draft picks to do it. So you're really going to have to um, get the most out of the little capital that you have going forward right now. What is that then? You know, because as uh, you're right, we are the Carolina Panthers. And I think what and when I say that is, you know, we have to look at from where we're at in our stages of development, right? So, I mean, look, the Rams had all of these tools. Man, they paid Aaron Donald a bunch of money. Their window, they see it as like now. Um, the, the Bengals were, it took them 30 years to get Joe Burrow, by the way. Yeah, let's go. Let's be fair on that. It didn't. This wasn't just a three-year turnaround, 
this no. was a 33 year turnaround or whatever because yeah. i mean they were the first round they had the first overall pick a few years ago and it right. kind of is a good story you know like it, it kind of i guess shifts like your attention to like hey man the jags and the browns y'all suck y'all had this opportunity to do this a lot too um but the panthers don't have either of those we don't have a good roster I don't want to hear this mess about our defense is ready to take us. I don't believe that one bit is that I don't think that we know what our defense is going to look like next year, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I mean, is that, yeah. Are there some exciting pieces or actually, I don't even know right now outside of Jeremy chin. Tell me the exciting piece on that defense. Uh, you have to say JC Horn, but we've only seen him for four games. Well, right? Brian four Burns games. is a Brian Burns is a pro bowler. Um, you know, and, and I mean, he's I, a pro bowler and he wasn't even the best end on our team, and, which is and that's what and that's what we've all said. And it's like, you know, I, that's why, you know, shout out to Drew, he's probably still in the chat. Uh, on the Friday free for all, he's maintained that uh, Brian Burns, if if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the market for a quarterback, whether it be Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or, or whoever that Brian Burns is probably pretty likely to be a part of that. I agree with that. Considering he's never been more valuable than he is right now. Has um, not been injured, kind of entering the peak part of his career, coming off a Pro Bowl season. He's like the only marketable player. All right, so they said Luvu. Um, I don't even want to hear people pointing to Shaq. Like, don't give me Shaq have one pretty good season. And all of a sudden, we feel like he's going to be, like, ready to go for a long time. If he does it again, like, if he does this for two or three more years, I'm going to say that's impressive. That's some TD comeback back into your career, making stuff look a lot better. But we have so many free agents leaving, potentially. Like, the defense is just going to look so different. So I don't even know if we can even say that that is we're close on the defense. Um, there are so many questions and the Panthers, we feel like again, and I don't want to just overly redo the same conversation we've had for the last year, but like we had a moment where we were in the QB market at the QB time and QBs were around and we didn't do it. So now are we going to panic and get a guy because now we didn't do it last year? We didn't have the guts to do it that last year. So now we feel like we got to do it this year. Um, and they tried to go out in free agency and get Matt Stafford. But, oh, this is what I was going to go back and say, Cody, is that I know that um, you're saying, like, hey, we can't just compare ourselves laterally to these teams. Or you don't like the probability thing, right? It's like play it safe, play it safe. Yeah. But lazy. if you are going and getting Sam Darnold, right, like we did, wouldn't your – like? You already know that the odds that there's a it's like a there's a probability it won't work. So then you're going to not put an offensive line around him. So if you are going to I mean, you do need to account for probability. And that is even if you get a quarterback, it would help to give him time to throw the ball. So like these these have to come together. Right. It's like did the chicken or the egg come first? Well, I don't know, but they got to happen together. You know, Man, we uh, well, gotta fix this. It's not gonna get better until we get till those two questions are fixed. If you have one and you don't got the other, it's not gonna work. If you, I mean, that's just that simple. 
would would anyone be comfortable trading three first round picks and Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson? What is it? Yeah. Tell me what it was. So three first round picks. Because all the rumors were they wanted three first round picks and they wanted two players, preferably on defense, right? Right. So they gotta Brian, take Dar- Brian, they gotta take some Brian contract Burns, from us though. Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, and three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Are y'all doing that? And Dude, granted, I don't know. Like, granted, do wanna, this is man, it's expensive. Keep in mind, it's very keep expensive. in mind, this is not considering any off the field stuff. Let's say Deshaun is right. gonna play, he'll be Just fine to up, play. Yeah. Just straight up for Deshaun. I'm taking that deal. I'm not because then you're putting him in the exact same position that you'd be putting uh you'd be putting um Joe Burrow in, except for now your defense is about ten times worse. Is and you're giving up three first Yes, yeah, I don't know if it is ten times worse. I think it is like um less certain, right? Like you don't have I just what, feel like um Jeremy what, Chin is more is easily replaced. Let's talk about right? let's talk about this though, right? He might be easily, but he might. I don't know if it's easily replaced is the way I would describe Jeremy Chen. Is he replaceable? I think that there's still a possibility for that. Um, but I think when you think when you look at it from this part, right? If you're giving away our first round picks for the next three years, let's go ahead and assume that we're not getting any, you know, any high let me say, uh high percentage superstars like you would normally get, right? So you're giving you're taking that out of the equation. We already are at a draft deficit this year. You're taking on a much bigger contract from a quarterback in Deshaun Watson than you have to deal with with uh, with Sam Darnold. Even if you trade those two, the offsetting is going to be heavily in favor of Deshaun Watson. Um, and then on top of that, Deshaun Watson is going to need to be extended at some point later as well. He's going to be he's going to have need an extension before our three first round draft picks are are finished and t- before we get another first round draft pick. Right. So there's, there's a lot of move. Like, I just don't know that you can fill those holes that you'd be creating by getting rid of those guys, giving away three first round picks, and then somehow trying to figure out a fix, uh, a way to fix the offensive line. I, I wouldn't do that deal. Well, I, I think that the argument is, is that it's easier to find a Jeremy Chen or a Brian Burns in the draft than it is to find a Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, look and at even how many, more affordable to get them in free agency, either. Yeah, either and then well. look at, and, and that's another thing too. It two are two bits of information that you have to tack on to that argument is if you have a good quarterback and a good running back and a good receiver, which the Panthers do have, you are going to entice people to want to come to Carolina. On top of that, look how many good offensive linemen have been found in the later rounds that aren't first-round picks. I mean, you know, look at what Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey did for oh the God, Kansas City Chiefs this year. I these guys' names anymore. How about I Deontay like- Brown and Brady Christensen? There's lots of good offensive linemen to be found in the later rounds. And if those two pan out, then we're not an entire offensive line rebuild away. We might need one or two more players and, and our offense is, is good to go. You're yeah. cooking can with I, gas. Can I tell you why I don't think you, – you're right. It is difficult to find a quarterback um, of, of that caliber, right? Um, the, the reason I don't think that giving away three first-round draft picks makes a lot of sense 
is if you look at historically the Carolina Panthers, and I'm not going to consider the last five years because these guys haven't had an opportunity to really create um, a name for themselves yet. Der- you know, Derek Brown still has an opportunity. But if you look historically, it, it at least one out of every three draft draft classes in the first round, we've gotten a a you know team defining pick, right? Julius Peppers, Jordan Gross, Thomas Davis, uh, G- D'Angelo Williams. As much as people want to say that maybe that's not there, John Beeson, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, these are guys that all happen in the first round. Right. And then you look at Cam Newton, Luke, Starla Tulele, even though we didn't sign him, he was an all pro and he was uh, he was an incredible uh, player for us before he left. And he's done he's done a fantastic job for the Bills. Then you think about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, like the reality is you're giving up a pretty much a surefire superstar that is going to be difficult to find because have we found a Luke? No, we haven't found a Luke. Have we found uh, somebody like a Thomas Davis? We have not. Have we found a Jordan Gross? Fuck no, we haven't found a Jordan Gross, right? Those are hard things to come by. And so to give up three first-round picks with that in mind, knowing that at least one of those, they're not all going to pan out. Out of the way, we might be we might be hopeful that they're going to pan out, but they're not all going to pan out, all three of those. But at least one of them is going to be a team-defining superstar, and you're giving that up for a guy that, that and other things on top of that. I, I just don't know that that's worth it. I um like the one thing I look, it gets scary when people say, look at how much money these guys like. All right. So um, Kenneth put up the salary cap hit that he's going to have that 40, 40 million. Right. right? And you go, oh, good God, that's going to ruin us. Then you hear all those picks. You're like, oh, my God. Let's talk about first round picks, though, that the Panthers have stumbled and bumbled on, though. You just named a bunch of first round picks that have worked. But there is, uh, as of late, some just okay first-round picks. Now, what I want to just say is that the one thing I like is, and and the Watson thing is just so effing complicated because of the legal situation. Off-the-field stuff. Yeah. If that didn't exist, it would be, first of all, we wouldn't be the bidders for it. Another team would do this in a heartbeat. The Rams would be doing this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be doing it. Yeah. But the what I do like about it is that I that's a known quality. Quant you know, it's a known entity. You know. So yeah, he's he getting paid 40 million, but he's also worth 40 million on the field. Can I ask you what I want to say is this is like, yes, there are different ways to skin a cat like Cody. So yeah, you can get that. A rookie quarterback on the young deal and try to add around him quickly like the Kansas City Chiefs did. But there's also a lot of teams that tried to do that and it hasn't worked. You know, so, I mean, it is the the Watson thing is I am starting. I think the Rams have kind of showed us that a little bit is that, right. hey, um, first round picks are good for teams that are rebuilding. But, like, the, you know, the Rams have a lot of people they drafted playing for their team. They just weren't drafted in the first and second or the first right. round. Yeah. Because they gave all those you, away to get some of these superstars. Yeah, but you're getting Jalen Ramsey, and you know you're not you're not yeah. getting C.J. Henderson. Proven commodity. Yeah, it's just like, hey, man, right. and you know what these guys are as pros. I um, I think that the Watson one, though, because of his age, is enticing. 
Right. Yes. I think it's, it's, it's a lot different than for us. We can't do that for Aaron Rodgers. Can I ask a question? Is so we it's been heavily reported and we can pretty much probably decide that it's fact at this point that Deshaun Watson's preferred place was Miami. Let's talk about context. Is Miami even on the list anymore for him? No, I don't think so. And I, I don't know if I don't know if Philadelphia is either. Apparently, uh, I saw a tweet today that people still expect the Eagles to be very aggressive in the quarterback market. But I kind of think they're. I mean, they made the playoffs with Jalen Hurts. Right. Uh, Jalen Hurts this year. So, right. I, I, yeah, I don't think Miami would be an option. I really don't think. Yeah, but uh, they got smoked in the playoffs. They kind of backed in. It's not like really. And they yeah, have all the, the capital Eagles, to not... do it. For them, it's so easy for them to do because they already have three first round picks this year. Right. So it's yeah. It's, I mean, like, boom. Let's get, let's them. get this sucker done right now. Yeah, and they're not even giving up that much. They can still they can still have a, a bunch of picks and be able to you know to get a bunch of players in. The only thing I'll say about trading three first round picks though is this: look how okay doesn't 2015 for some of us seem like last year or the no, year before? Feels like a million years ago. Yeah, it feels dude, a long like, time ago for me. I, maybe to you all, but it's like, dude, to me, it, time goes so fast that it's like, dude, those three years are over in a blink. But and that's if you also have a, his career, and but if you yeah. have a good, ta- but look, if you have a good talent evaluator and you're able to find those players in the later rounds, and you have guys wanting to come and play here, I'm telling you, man, those those first round picks, as important as they are, they're not as integral as people sometimes make them out to be. They can be. They can be when they hit, and they're cool. not when they don't. Um, and when they just kind of hit, um, they're also, you know, so there's all, all these different ways to look at it, but let's go ahead and look at it from a different way. And that is, say, all right, this we don't have the capital to do this move. You know, we, like you said, it's easy for the Eagles to do this. This is a harder sell for us. Not only have people, you know, we don't have a great roster as it is, we don't have a lot of draft capital. We don't have a lot of free agency money. You know, there we are the dark horse candidate. And I wouldn't even say like it, it's like it probably would work the least for us out of a lot of other teams. So then what is the next? What are our other alternatives? You know, the other alternatives, I think, are, you know, just incrementally getting better, going and drafting a guard, a lineman. Um, running Sam Darnold out there, having another cruddy year and positioning ourselves much like the Colts did or the Cowboys did for a while. And that is um, we need to get we, we want to get our quarterback, but we don't have the assets to do it right now. And I, I mean, I just feel uh, that's where the Carolina Panthers, that's probably the real reality of our situation. If you knew that trading for Deshaun Watson would produce one of the most electric offenses in the NFL. Would you do it? Like, I mean, think about this offensive line, right? So, again, let's just look at the glass half full. Let's assume that Christensen and Deontay Brown are starting 
caliber players that yeah, are that good is, enough oh, to glass. go. That's like a glass over cupeth overflowing. That's not glass. No, actually. I've seen evidence that they are good players. So until I until I see otherwise, I'm inclined to believe that they are. Okay. Now you add Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. By the way, we still haven't seen anything yet close to the potential from Terrace Marshall Jr. or Shai Smith that we drafted as well. So when you when you add those things together and you have a, a, a franchise quarterback that you know you feel like you could rely on, if you knew that you could be even close to what the Bengals were this year, and now you have Deshaun that people are gonna want to come and play with, dude, I'm I'm all over that deal. I'm all over that deal, man, because we know how hard it is to get a franchise quarterback. And I like some of the quarterbacks in this class. I'm not, you know, I know you call Pickett White Teddy Bridgewater. I don't agree with that assessment. Um, Mm -hmm. I also do think Malik Willis has tremendous upside. And I wouldn't, you know, if those are our guys going forward, okay, there's, there's a way to make those players work. But, again, it's like what you were saying with the Rams bringing in Jalen Ramsey and Vaughn Miller. It's like you know that you have these proven commodities and those kinds of players. And to be able to bring that to Carolina, I just don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to do that. Because the alternative is now kind of looking like you're in quarterback purgatory for the foreseeable future. What's the what's the realistic asking price for Deshaun Watson? Because I don't think three first rounds is even close to what you're going to get for what they're going to get for him right now. You think it's going to be less? Way less. Oh, well, then that makes it even cooler. But Kevin, uh, our boy Kevin said we don't even know if he's going to be able to play. Right. I mean, he could face a suspension. But that's that's what I mean. Like, I think right now the the Houston Texans are not going to have Deshaun Watson. They already know that. Right. And the more they continue to let him go, they're paying him to be on the roster. If they let him do exactly what he did last year, and this thing continues to drag out, they're gonna they're gonna sell low and and then just get something instead of nothing. Do exactly what you know Cody wanted to do with you know um, with uh, with uh, Curtis Samuel. Get rid of him. Get something for him instead of nothing. Now, is it going to mean that we're going to get him for a third round pick? No. But I think that you're going to have a lot more interest and a little bit more of a bidding war if you were to say, hey, listen, maybe a first round and some players um, or something along those lines. Uh, Right now, three first rounds is too steep of a price for any team. I don't think there is a single team out there that is going to be willing to pay three first round picks right now. I'm I'm on the exact opposite end of this argument. If anything, I think they might be able to ask for more. If he beats all those, if he beats those charges and, and he is able to officially play football, looking at the playoffs this year alone, look at Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Now you add Matthew Stafford to this. Tony led with it. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, Dude, you're spinning the wheels, man. And I think that this season alone has proven that if you can get a franchise quarterback, that there's almost nothing else that could give your team a boost like that. Let me ask you a question. How many of those teams that you talked about uh, traded their, like, three years' worth of draft picks for the QB? Now, you can talk about the first-round draft picks that the Rams traded away for multiple superstars, right? 
We're not talking about that. We're talking about trading those same things that would give that quarterback the weapons that they need to be able to actually do what some of these guys have done. Um, you know, the, you're talking about trading him. Well, the Bills, let's go ahead and put them into perspective, right? They used a lot of their draft capital to get Stefan Diggs. If they didn't draft Josh Allen and they had to trade for Josh Allen and do, they wouldn't have had the ability to get a Stefan Diggs. They wouldn't have had those pieces to be able to actually build around that team and make them as explosive as they are. I, that's why I think, I agree. I think there are a lot of people out there who are looking at this and thinking, you know what? You know, th this is this, he could go for three first round draft picks. But I also know that teams are going to look at this from the perspective of if you see the most successful teams out there, they're not t giving away that many draft picks for one player. Mm, I, I wonder I mean, what, you know, you know, is it's, I'm almost tired of like even talking about Deshaun Watson because until we have more right information, like it's kind of hard to say is like, yeah, is three first rounds uh, maybe worth it if you are, um, if if you have no fear that he is going to run into um, any legal, like if this right. legal stuff is behind him, right? Okay. It just is like uh, so much is just, there's so many unknowns with the Sean Watson thing. That's insane. You know, and, and so, that's just what makes it difficult. If he was just a clean as a, a boy scout, Oh, he would what be worth would the price be? Rounds, it would be three first rounds and a play. But I don't think you can really get much more than that. You know, I mean, I think it's like uh, first, there's only so many years ahead you can give picks up. So maybe get yeah, somebody says, I'll give you two first, two seconds, and two thirds, something like that. You could do something like your draft for the next two years, basically. But all right, so let's pivot away from Deshaun Watson because we will be talking about him plenty going forward. Right. Um, you know, until we're not, right? Until the is like until Deshaun Watson is on another team or the Carolina Panthers, we will be talking about Deshaun Watson at some point. Oh, yeah. It's, his, it's not it's not like a going cloud. I've been trying to warn you guys for months. Do you think you're tired of it now, Tony? This Deshaun Watson conversation is not going away. Uh, I think my man uh, Drew uh, here in the chat room was the one who said it, man. Uh, he David Tepper is going to go all in for Deshaun Watson. He's been enamored with him. And today he was trending on Twitter. Um, uh, Deshaun, so a lot of people are putting out that um, – uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are apparently going to be very aggressive for either Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. So that had his name trending today. I uh, think Deshaun uh, wouldn't uh, it, Russell Wilson make more sense for them though. You no, know, I is think, that uh, if you're a team that has a lot of pieces already, you can get a court like it, it's a price tag that is not going to be in about the same or even less. Um, and you don't get any, you don't have, you don't have to place a bet. That's so risky. Russell Wilson right. is just as good. Ah, I think Deshaun's better than Russell, but I like Russell. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think if I was, um, a team that was pretty well developed, I would be looking for somebody that has a better asking price with less baggage. You know, is that there's just a baggage too. At some point now, we got to say this is out of all these things is that we're going to hear um, like the ethics of this is like, 
the NFL like selling out just to win. You know, even if like right. if if he if this guy pays off twenty two people and has twenty two NDAs, it doesn't mean the shit didn't happen. It means he doesn't he, he doesn't want NDAs. Deshaun Watson has refused to sign an NDA. Okay, well, I mean, we don't. I don't know. I don't know story. the details. We'll have to see. But is that if this comes out that this wasn't just completely made up and fabricated, there's still a a cloud that comes with it, right? Sure. And and sure. we are living in a in a world now. I'm I know that winning changes everything, but I'm so sick of people like what would you say? You always say virtue signaling. Yeah. Right. Is that like, why don't we just have virtue? <laughs> don't signal it. Like, just have it. If you really are going to say this shit, then stick to it. And then you should say, um, you know, there are things that are, if we're going to get so pissed about somebody doing kneeling about the damn ad- national anthem, then we should be pissed about other shit. Yeah. Know, but the or- NFL, the NFL can't punish him when there is no, you know, th- there's no legally, he didn't break any laws. He's he's a free man who is free to play football. Right. Look, no, oh, yeah. you know somebody. No, no. If you know someone, there's a difference between not breaking any laws and not being convicted for breaking laws. And I'm not saying the NFL needs to punish him. I'm talking about what is what does it say about your franchise if you're going to try to say, oh, we care about the community, we care about doing the right thing and the right stuff right. all the time, and then you're like, well, you know what? Let's bail this dude out of jail and get him to play. I mean, you that, know, is that like if you beat here. a rap, if you all right, so how about this is the people that murdered Emmett Till, they beat the rap, dude. They didn't not murder the dude. So you could <laughs> be like, well, this is in the 1950s. I'm just saying that, that at some point, if we're going to talk shit about character all the time and how we really care about this stuff, you know, is that then we really need to. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's complicated with Deshaun. I, I, yeah, it's I, not I, complicated I with the, Russell Wilson. It's not complicated with Russell Wilson. It's not even complicated with Aaron Rodgers. Like people are trying to get Aaron Rodgers kicked out for saying, uh, "Yeah, no." You know, it's like just because he's a jerk, or just because he didn't want to get a vaccine. My thing with Deshaun Watson is though, it's like at the end of the day, he is going to either be guilty or innocent. And if he is innocent, the NFL isn't going to give a damn. And I understand the point that you're making too. It's like you know, as a society. We care to claim or we claim to care about these issues. And then the moment that a player comes forward who's a very good player, but now he has all these accusations against him, it's like, you know, a lot of people are going to be just willing to sweep that under the rug because it means you're getting a good football player. So I do understand your point. Um, And yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a weird conversation because even let's just say Deshaun Watson is found. 100% innocent, there are going to be people that are like, nah, fuck Deshaun Watson. You don't have that many people accusing you of something and have all of them be false. And that's, you know, people are going to make up their minds. But at the end of the day, if you have a quarterback that's putting butts in seats and making you a contender in the playoffs and for a Super Bowl, dude, if the dollars are going to be what dictates what happens. A dictates is a good way of saying it when talking about Deshaun Watson. And uh, I swear, if Deshaun Watson becomes our quarterback, we are co-opting the dildo celebration from the Buffalo Bills. The dildo. If we don't throw dildos on the field, 
with the Sean Watson. Big black ones. Then, no, let's not discriminate color. Let's say all different colors of every different size and shape. Throw them on the field if you got them. <laughs> Come on. All right. Uh, let's go to let's uh, squeeze in a couple cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Tell us what you guys want to talk about. You want to talk about talk about Deshaun Watson? You want to talk about Russell Wilson? You want to talk about Kenny Pickett? All of a sudden, right? You want to talk about just playing it safe or playing for the future and drafting offensive line. The number's 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like Is that, is that blasting? It's it too loud. It's funny to me. Thoughts on the Panthers uh, nation. I thought a, I saw a bunch of them at Keystone today. Saw a lot of dudes wearing Panther jerseys on the ski slope. So that's what I just wanted to talk about here in Colorado. So yeah, keep pounding. Oh man, Panther people out on the ski slopes, man. Thank you for that. Nice. Uh, the Mountain Cats, Mountain Cats. Next call. I think if it plays. Hello. Maybe not. Um. Hey guys, it's Joey. Um, you know we're talking about Deshaun Watson, and um, what if he's not able to play for the year? Well, the thing is, is that we would love for him to be able to play for a year. We'd look really dumb if he doesn't play. That there's no question that like. Here you trade for this guy that, you know, is, is a PR issue that has some fans that are not really fans, honestly, because just because they draft someone that has had some very sketchy accusations levied against them and, and you jump ship, then how much of a fan were you? But, we we'll, we might look dumb, but then we could have a tank year. Then we could build around Deshaun Watson when he is able to play. So here you go. You take advantage of an opportunity. You don't miss the opportunity. <clears throat> our former coach and our current coach is a giant missed opportunity. I mean, he's a walking missed opportunity, but, you know. So I, I think trading for Deshaun is something to look at. If, if you're David Tepper and Scott Fitter, I think the benefits outweigh the risks. Um, and you know, if you're gonna, if you want a player that has high reward, then you're gonna have to risk a lot. You know. Yeah. People with, with people who ain't got no balls don't get shit. I mean, look at Sam Donald. He ain't got no balls, and he ain't shit. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Ooh, I like the bellow that he held right before the growl. I like that, Joey. Switching it up. Joey's uh, giving us some different growls here. Um, mm-hmm. How about, uh, what do you guys think about the Kyler Murray stuff? Um, it's uh, you know, Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. is- 
defriend it or, you know, he's kind of separated himself a little bit from the Cardinals media um, in hopes of an extension. And then now there are a couple of stories that are floating around that um, kind of question his maturity. Um, you guys thoughts about uh, Kyler Murray's future with the Cardinals? Yikes, man. This is a weird one. I mean, I don't know if you guys have like been really, really following it. Um, you know, Kyler Murray took down all his Cardinal stuff um, from his social media. And then now, like, all these reports are coming out. And you know they're coming directly from the Cardinals organization. Right. You know, trying to say that, uh, you know, Kyler Murray has bad body language. He's not really dedicated to winning. He's not really a good, you know, teammate. And they're trying to put all these different things on him. And, like, you know, my my thing is this, right? So when I was doing my evaluation of Kyler Murray, I would watch a bunch of interviews with his. Because I do put interviews as a part of my evaluation. You know, I can't actually interview them myself. So I try and get a, a, a picture of what kind of player or person that we're dealing with. Very uncomfortable in interviews. Like Kyler Murray is not a people person. Like everything that they said about Justin Herbert coming out of the draft, is he a good leader? Is he vocal enough to be able to motivate a football team as the quarterback is supposed to do? But all of those questions to me were more relevant for Kyler Murray because to me, there were a genuine question that I had about him. So when I'm hearing all these things about Kyler, it doesn't necessarily surprise me. And it even kind of holds up to my initial opinion of him. Now, granted, look at the Cardinals going from Josh Rosen to Kyler Murray. I think I read somewhere that their general manager has had like three or four different quarterbacks in his time being the general manager for the Cardinals. So it's like, what are you doing going back into the quarterback market? Like, do you dislike Kyler Murray that much that you're willing to start all over and trying to draft another quarterback or potentially, or, or potentially, you know, getting another free agent to come to Arizona. Like none of this makes any sense to me. You're the ones who drafted him. You should commit to him. Well, you don't have to pay him early, though. And that's what he's... This is a power play for him to try to get... I think this is all contractual. Him just trying to get an extension um, while, you know, they have had some really powerful improvements, right? Some noteworthy improvements going forward before he gets hurt, before something else happens. Think about this, is that like the odds are that they're going to have trouble recreating the success they had this year and next year because they're an aging squad. You mean talking about AJ Green, TJ Watt, right? Is another yep. one that's there? JJ uh, uh, Watt. JJ Watt, thank you. Um, you know, so I mean, I mean, even Chandler Jones is pretty old. He's like 31 or something, I think. So is yeah. that, you know, is I like, I, I think these guys should be trying to power push for money when they can before the moment is gone, right? Because you think there's going to be a lot of time down the road and there, there isn't a lot of times. I think this is contractual. I don't think, I think this is also a non-story. Like, I don't think, like you said, like we are what is, this is what it feels like to have not have a quarterback. And I said this for so many years with Cam, 
I said this with so many years with Cam. Do you remember how many people were critical of Cam as a quarterback just when he was playing at his better football, right? Like in his better years, in his first five years, people were still very critical about Cam, his consistency, throwing the ball, his footwork, you know, all these things that they would talk about. And I would say, all right, those are valid points. You know, is that does he tend to throw the ball high? Yes. Does he have, you know, inconsistent footwork at times? Yes. But that's focusing on the negatives and not saying, look at all the awesome shit he does. Right. And we are what it's like is that living the land, it's like walking through the forest, like the dark woods. Like I'm like Frodo on his little adventure in the dark forest. Yeah. The land without a quarterback is a scary land. It's just better to have a quarterback. And so the Arizona Cardinals were searching for their quarterback. They got one that we think is a cal- NFL caliber starting quarterback. You ain't trying to get rid of that. This ain't a Baker Mayfield moment. This ain't a Daniel Jones moment where you think you don't know if the guy is really legit. So I think it's a non-story. Um, I think that the Cardinals, it wouldn't make much sense for them to try to dip their toe back into that water. Uh, unless yeah. there's something going on that he just doesn't like the team. But that seems kind of strange because they've had a lot of success. I've heard uh, that he's become more and more of a vocal leader in the locker room over the couple of years. And he was so young and little. You know, it's kind of hard to just come in and be the leader when you haven't even earned your stripes, especially when you're a midget. You know, it's not like hey, you are, like tower over the people. Lot. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's already difficult enough to be a rookie. I don't know. I just don't feel like you can go in and. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. He's not a rookie anymore. No. So, no, I mean, he's three so, years in now, right? Right. Four? So, it's a, if you're, if you're still third. experiencing the same things with him, but then you're like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Is he or isn't he a franchise quarterback? And again, man, like a lot of people just want to instantly kind of write things off as, oh, look at people making shit up. Listen, I'm not in the Cardinals locker room. I don't know who Kyler Murray is or isn't, but it doesn't seem very far-fetched to me that he's not necessarily a motivator. By the way, this is what you, Chandler Jones on, said but about you also him. Don't, you also don't have to be. Look at Luke Kingsley, one of the best players that the Panthers have ever had, bar none, and he was never a rah-rah, get-in-your-face-time-to-get-up-and-go-kick-ass type of, type of guy either. You know, So it, it, there are different leadership styles. So... You know, I, I I don't I don't know, but I mean, even the the thoughts of you know trading for for Kyler, it, whoever does trade for Kyler, they're gonna have to pay him. These quarterbacks are less and less likely. No one's trading. Yeah, no one's trading to, for to, him to pay. Uh, you know, uh, they don't want to play on a one year franchise tag. Or whatever this it is. This is what uh, Chandler Jones said about him. He said, Kyler, Kyler is great. He's a hell of a player. I love him. It's good to watch him grow, to see uh, him orchestrate the offense. His voice is getting louder and louder in the locker room. And you can see that he's grabbing a lot of guys' uh, attention that comes with time. It also comes with positive and great play. He's been doing that for – he's uh, been doing that. He's earning the, the respect from the guys. He's like a little brother to me. I always pick on him. I also love this New York Post website where they can you can highlight text and then just share it to Twitter. That's super cool. Like so, you can just highlight a quote and then it links it. That's pretty neat. Um, yeah. So I think that. But again, quarterback or not the quarterback until you got a quarterback, 
you don't got you don't have a future really you know i mean in fact is that the the chips are already like i just want to point this out is that the the stars have to align perfectly when you already have the roster you know i mean look at so many teams in the nfl that had that were built to win this year look at the green bay packers look at um who's next uh i mean i mean even the Bengals, right is like they had this kind of magic moment and they still weren't able to pull up it's like everything has to go right and it's and that's the case when you have a quarterback how is yeah. it you know think about how much more has to go right when you have jimmy garoppolo right and i think that that's the one thing i like what but the rams demonstrated to us is the rams said man we were here just a few years ago but like everything's gonna have to be perfect for us to win with jared goff we need a quarterback that can come back and win um like stafford in this case you know i mean they're down and he's got to go get it done and i just don't know if jared goff does that with cooper cup yep. and you know what i mean like uh, the not being able to run the ball at all and then all of a sudden you kind of got to will it and you got to make some big time throws and big moments you got to be able to play from behind in this league, even though you don't want to. The number's 252-228-5098. Yo, guys, what is up? It's Nick. Nick. are enjoying a nice freezing cold Tuesday evening talking about our lovely and kind of shitty uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, in reality, the only thing that's really shitty is the QB, but that's besides the point. Anyways, so I got to ice some people up. And I'm going to include myself in this because of how long it took for me to do this. All you guys listening on Spotify, okay? And if there's any other streaming apps or anything like that where we can where you can listen to the podcast and they have the rate function, I got to ace you guys up. Went on Spotify today and realized that only nine people had left a rating. Ooh. Guys. Hmm. We got to share this show, man. Tony's been doing this for the last nine years, almost every Tuesday night. And you're going to let him down by not giving him a five-star review? Guys, ice up. I like it. Hit that like button. And guys, I'll see you Friday. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That is something is that we kind of sometimes get a little too focused on our YouTube community. Um, I won't say too focused, but we have such a rich group of people that even Nick is among those who are in the chat yeah. room with us. Sometimes yeah. we just uh, kind of pump up like this platform. But yeah, we are on iTunes. We're in uh, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your podcast. I would say I used to say tune in, but I found out I think tune in is a paid app now entirely like i don't even think you can use that for free anymore not entirely but like google podcast wherever you listen that is a nice thing you could do is you can hit the little five star you can hit the four star you, you hit any star for all i care i'd love for it to be a five star i'd love for you guys to see um the commitment we have to build in a community that you're a part of yep. that you can call in that you can be on the show on friday nights you can you know join all the other extra content that we're trying to put together I know things are slowing down a little bit at the moment, but as news starts to break, we'll get more and more. And I'm trying to do some small fun stuff over the past week, calling Cody out on the internet, stuff like that. But um, yeah, that does help us uh, to get discovered. You know, is that I always, I kind of wonder sometimes like, man, like 
how are we not ranked higher when we're the only ones that still do it? Like, <laughs> like I mean, a lot of these people are going to take off uh, a lot of the other Panthers podcasts, and, and God bless them. You know, maybe they're the smart ones, but they're taking off this offseason. Or, you know, they're going to take some time off, and we're going to keep coming here because we actually just like the friendship and the camaraderie uh, that this has created for us. And uh, it is fun to work. When else are you going to run down these rabbit holes of Deshaun Watson? You can't do it during the season when we're actually talking about the game. The podcast is already 72 hours as it is. You know, like, so this is the time we get to have these thought experiments. Yep. Um, but again, quarterback or not the quarterback is the question. And Cody, we've talked about the sexy Deshaun Watson or the salacious should we say Deshaun Watson? We've talked about the um, underwhelming maturity of Kyler Murray uh, and uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers seemingly don't have any interest. I heard Aaron Rodgers. You guys hear Aaron Rodgers was like buying property in Tennessee. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned that. Did I mention? Yeah, yeah you've mentioned it like fifty times. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're a go-to destination. I think that's the team to play for right now. Yeah. If you started uh, to see him sell his properties in like in Green Bay, like you saw Tom Brady do in in uh, New England, then I'd be more concerned for the Pat, you know, the 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 Pats at that point in time. But I mean, he had a great year. They're clearly trying to, and they're investing in keeping him there. I don't know that he's going to be moving anywhere. Y'all saw, um, and Kevin brought this up in the chat. Is I saw that if the Broncos. Um, and who was it else? One other team missed on Brady or Wilson that they might be in the running for Carson. No ankles wince. Do you know oh, that guy? Uh, and I've said this in a couple of times. This was the best thing is that at one point Carson Wentz was on the injury report and it said ankles. <laughs> yeah, he like, fucked up both of them at the same yeah, time. Them them the same like, uh, imagine if it was like knees. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're like, you're on the injury report for what? <laughs> Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. So uh, knees can, and I, toes. Uh, can I just say this, right? You know, uh, people online have been talking about the potential of, uh, you know, the Panthers trading for Carson Wentz. Mm-mm. Dude, let me tell you, man, I might take a year off. <laughs> if the fuck, dude, after, after Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, and then you're gonna go and get Carson Wentz and that dog shit contract that 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 he has. It's like, dude, how? What other way could you signal to the fan base you should have absolutely zero faith in us? Well, that's probably what's gonna happen. Zero idea. Oh, that that's what I put on Twitter, man. Like, you know, the uh, our coach, Captain Savaho, Matt Rule is always down for any restoration project that you give him to try and build a franchise quarterback out of a player everyone thought was bullshit. So, you know, it it would it would go in line with everything that we've thought about Matt Rule and David Tepper, that they do a terrible job at evaluating what a real franchise quarterback is. So... So Dude, then that, that begs was... the question is, should you draft one if you can't evaluate them in free agency? How do we evaluate them, uh, evaluate them, evaluate them, evaluate them mm-hmm. 
in the draft when you haven't even seen them play in the NFL. And I'll turn this question to you, your thoughts on this quarterback, us at six. And my concerns with drafting a quarterback this year is, man, it sucks to draft a quarterback and then get your coach fired and then have a new guy and a new regime come in and inherit a decision made by the former guys. So, you know, again, we're coming back to, like, just draft a damn lineman. Yeah, I mean, again, draft a lineman. Who's your quarterback? It's going to have to be. I mean, well, I don't know who it's going to have to be. It's going to be Sam Darnold, I guess. No, I hear this. I continue to hear this. In fact, I'll make a bet with you. Sam Darnold is not our starting quarterback to start the season. I mean, I don't want to make that bet. You still owe me like 10 bets, dude, by the way. And one of those is Terrence Marshall Jr. You owe me money for Terrence Marshall. Oh, because I don't remember something that happened over a year ago? You You have to remind me. This dude didn't even get 100 yards. Yeah, but that's Um, not You should pay me six times I'll pay up my shit. Uh, Tally it up. Tally it up. I'll pay up my shit. I the, think you're right, though. Is, I don't think right. that. Here's the thing: is because that is the case doesn't mean it's right. The right decision right. is my point. And so, yes, is that I think you're probably the odds are that he won't be. I think this franchise has showed us that they're ready to move and shake after a mistake right away. I mean, like Teddy, boom, gone out the door. Sam Darnold could be potentially out the door. Is that the right decision? I'm not sure, um, especially like go what to go get Carson Wentz. So, yeah. what do you think? All right, if it's not, is it then? Um, is it a guy who starts for the Carolina Panthers? A guy who has never played a snap in the NFL, or a guy who has played a snap in the NFL, Cody? If you don't think it's Sam Darnold, so you don't got to give me the player. Does that mean that we're drafting a rookie and putting him out there from day one, or are we bringing in another free agent? Probably, and it's not going to be because. Well, which one? <laughs> no, I no, I think it's going to be someone who hasn't played a snap. I think it's oh, probably so gonna, we're probably we're gonna probably draft. I mean, look, we're probably no. going to take Kenny Pickett at six. Oh my goodness! I mean, that, you know, but that, there's a lot of time left. A How do you feel about that? Can. As you've started watching more and more about, uh, as you're doing your draft research, what are your thoughts? Well, about I that? told you you're wrong, and I know me telling you you're wrong is not going to stop you from saying it. But he is not a white Teddy Bridgewater. He is much more mobile. He's much more athletic. He does have a better arm. Um, and his baby hands never prevented him from putting on good performances, good performances in inclement weather up in Pittsburgh. Um, Joe Burrow has worn gloves on both hands at times this year. The hand thing, similar to Brady Christensen's arm length, it just flat out doesn't bother me as much as it does other people. Um, that being said, you know, I think it's been proven you don't have to have the biggest arm to be successful in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I do think that you're going to have to build around him. I like his bravado. I think he's tough. Um, I don't know yet, though. I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where he doesn't have the the jump off of the field talent that you saw in a player like Justin Herbert. Or Josh Allen. Well, or even, that a, a or, problem, even a, or even a Trey Lance. 
isn't that a problem kind of is that um you're drafting average well i mean but you know, it's, yeah that's like i mean fair. there is there's examples of guys who haven't had like crazy physical traits that have done well in the nfl you I know mean, i mean think about like... um tom brady i mean like we can go down a list of guys that have been okay but at the same time wouldn't it be better to have a cannon than not to have a cannon? Sure. Wouldn't it be better to be mobile than be immobile? Yeah, right? but and, I mean... And so you've pointed to mobility. Okay. For me, it really... I just, when I watched him throw the ball recently... Actually, even when I just watched his highlights, I would say this. He looked like a smooth quarterback. So he threw deep balls. They hit guys in stride. Looked good. Felt good. But I felt like also is everything looks a lot better in college than it does in the NFL. It's like everybody is so much faster in the NFL. So you, I've seen players in college look really fast. You're like, man, that guy plays football so fast. And then, and then like you put them in the seven. NFL and they just yeah. look normal. Yeah. You know, because the other players on the field are slow. So it's I'm like, it's like having the- a girl who has a, uh, like, seven friend like the friends they're they're not they're a seven on the on the attractive scale uh um, yeah but she's she's like an eight but she looks like a 10 because she's around all the sevens yeah yeah that, that <laughs> and so or even fives at that point the but yeah is it and so that's the one thing when i watch the kenny pickett stuff um what are you what you're selling right now with pickett is this is that he's got tape that overrides these measurables Right. And you're also saying that he is the most polished. That was the rep is that he's the most pro ready quarterback. We've heard that so many times in the past, though. We heard that about Josh Rosen. We heard that about Jimmy Clausen. We heard that, you know, about uh, Blaine Gabbert. And that yeah. is my, and that's the question mark is I don't, I'm not sure that Kenny Pickett is not going to be good. I just don't know if everything says that screams Justin Herbert to me. So you want to know my comparison for him right now? My comparison okay. for Kenny Pickett, Dak Prescott. Is he the, well, Dak's pretty big. I guess no, Kenny Pickett's no, all right. The same well, six, three. Kenny Pickett is six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Dak mm-hmm. Prescott does not have a cannon of an arm. Dak Prescott is mobile, but he's not running a four or five or a four. You know, he's like a four. You know, maybe four six, four seven type mm-hmm. of player. But he's tough. He'll run when it's necessary, and he can make throws off platform and and on the run. So while all the physical stats might not necessarily be there. You do see all the things that you want. So, like, even putting well, this, Dak like, was a what third round you... pick, too. Yeah, Dak was a third round pick, but you know, physically, to me, they're they're similar quarterbacks, and uh, you know, either of those guys could work. But again, like, I'm not even saying that's what I would do. Like, if I had my way, and granted, this is uh, assuming that the man is innocent. To me, Deshaun Watson as a Panther is the thing that makes me the happiest. And I'm not okay. even saying I no, can just but like that. that's also like so, but what if that isn't an option? How about this? Then is it's now probably that you're gonna be a drafting quarterback. Why um is Willis 
an option or do you or do you think that the panthers try to go like strong or um maybe the guy that beat up wayne gretzky's kid did you hear about this story the you mississippi who's the guy from uh corral oh matt Corral? corral yeah yeah and he got kicked out of a prep school a high school because he got in a fight with Wayne Gretzky's kid. Yeah, so I mean, kind of trouble. I don't want to say troubled background, but he, but he is like, man, the rich people got me out of. Which I mean, yeah, it's Wayne Gretzky's the great one. Which Cody, again, I still how I haven't changed your mind about him being the greatest of greats. <laughs> the second player in points behind him is a thousand points behind him, dude. Yeah, like but eight hundred like, points. Like it's like not even. It would be like this. It would be. It'd be like, oh yeah, um, Peyton Manning's the second most got the second most touchdowns in the NFL, and you'd be like, oh, that sounds awesome. Well, how many more does the guy ahead of him have? One hundred and eighty-seven more. And you're like, whoa! It's the he's gap. the goat like, soccer. I mean, he's the goat hockey player of all time. But he doesn't have anywhere near the level of popularity and worldwide fame, I think, of someone like Well, he did 20 years ago. That's just, that's a recency bias. That's a recency bias. Everyone knows Michael Jordan still. Everyone knows Michael Jordan. Everyone knows Wayne Gretzky because of the shoes. Yeah. Everybody knows Wayne Gretzky. I'm talking worldwide, though. Yeah. I think you're underestimating. pretty big in most countries. Like, it's. Honestly, like you look at Canada, Russia, I mean, like a lot Good of those point. European countries, they're going to have a pretty big, uh, like hockey following. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think Wayne Gretzky is still pretty, pretty big worldwide, but I do agree, Tony. I mean, you know, with Tony's take as well with Michael Jordan, I mean, you can't really compare the two because Michael Jordan has uh, done a phenomenal job on trying to maintain a, a level of but like. So do I do I have to game. add a player from every sport into my goat list? Yes, because then I, then I guess I gotta put a soccer player in there since that's the most. No, yeah. no, I would have to say this is just when there's a when there is a player that is so um, head and shoulders above statistically and in winning and all of these things is that they have to qualify. So I think Serena Williams has to be. Like part because it's like it's not like there's like so down just because women's tennis isn't the most popular sport they're they're head and shoulders more dominant in their field than anyone right. else I don't know enough about soccer to say you know I guess I mean the only names I know, like Pele someone Ronaldo I don't know like whatever uh, those names Lionel were Messi Ronaldo but if there's somebody uh, that Pele, has like a hundred thousand more or, you know a thousand more goals Neymar. than any of the other players then yeah. I do think we probably and, and look again. I you you have recency bias. I have American no, I bias. I don't. I, I have yeah. the truth. Recency the, the, bias. The, the three dudes that I put in the goats, they have reached heights never before seen. I, that's only, a, I, only, I think you're overrated. Tiger in now. their sports. Overrated Tiger and, man. But and, and, and also, I, I don't put Tiger in there. You said that you had three. It was Tiger, it was Brady, and Jordan. No, that's you did that's that Floyd Mayweather, Michael yeah, I love Jordan. Him too. I love him. It's Floyd Mayweather, Michael Jordan, and Tom Brady. Those are the three goats, in my opinion, because I not only them, add a fourth, not only Tom them Brady. destroying the competition in their own sport, but these guys are like worldwide known as the best at what they do. Oh, they underestimate Gretzky. All right, uh, let's go to the next goal. 
think. Tony, Cody, all you guys, you're a good job. This is Raleigh Lee. Um, we don't need a quarterback this year. We can let Sam Darnold take his run. What's up, Raleigh? He's going to be making the money. And uh, basically, O-line, center, and uh, some linebacker help. Do a little bit of trading, get rid of Jackson, and spend a little bit of uh, what money's left. And uh, once they get that experience, then go get our quarterback. Fuck Deshaun Watson. Did he say F Deshaun Watson? Is that yep. what he said? Um, <laughs> listen to this. Is Wayne Gretzky played 20 seasons for four teams, including the Oilers and Kings. Oh, here actually, here is one cool thing, Cody, that you probably haven't thought about with Wayne Gretzky. He, you know I'm not saying that he sucks, right? Like no, I know that there's no, never been that, a he made a LA a hockey town, dude. He made LA a hockey town, like a town that doesn't even care. Is that this dude came in and made the LA Kings like all of a sudden you had Easy E wearing LA LA Kings hat? Like that's how cool this guy was. He made Americans care about hockey. Listen, to this he had 894 goals, 1963 assists, and a plus minus of plus 520 in 1400 games. He won nine Hart trophies. Five Lady Bang trophies, two Con Smythe trophies, and four Stanley Cups. This dude was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1999, right? I mean, it's if been 22 I'm, years. It's just badass. It's just bad. If I'm ass. not putting a soccer player into my conversation, I'm not putting a hockey player. Okay. By the way, I'm a diehard MMA mm-hmm. fan, and I'm not putting George St. Pierre or John Jones in my in my GOAT conversation. Like, not everyone can be a GOAT. Because then, you know, Lewis Hamilton and Formula One, then you could put Serena Williams, then you could put Tiger Woods. Everybody wants to put everybody into the GOAT conversation. Not everyone can be in the conversation. That's why I have three people that, to me, are just head and shoulders above the rest. Everyone else, you can make an argument, but they're not, they're not on that level to me. He's the greatest hockey player of all time. What else do you want me to say? Like that's, that's who Wayne Yeah, Gretzky. this is Raleigh Lee. Uh... I really don't care about the time. Like, Sean Watson. Uh, I'm tired yeah. of hearing of him. I want to let him be around my family. Uh, regardless, uh, he's using a lot of money. I guarantee you to buy things off. Um, we need D-line, O-line, and especially a center before we even go thinking about a QB. We need to get them where they're familiar with each other and get them some experience. And I think then we need to go in and get us a quarterback. Thank you. All right. So uh, not a not a Watson fan. And I don't expect right. everyone to be. You know? Hey guys, it's Chuck from Elizabeth City. What's up, Chuck? Okay, Carolina sports guy. Um I think we're really gonna have to look and we're gonna try to have to strike gold in free agency. And normally you don't do that at the quarterback position, but I think we best look at the best linebacker, special teams. Uh, maybe pull a guard. I noticed two, three positions of, of great need that we have for this team. One I know is a left tackle. And the kid from NC State might not be there. And Evan Neal is probably going number one to Jacksonville. Um, there's not to say that we couldn't get a guy like Cross from Mississippi State, um, but he'll be there later than where we pick. Um, quarterback, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. 
if we draft one of those two and they don't make it, we're setting this franchise back. If we don't draft them and they perform well, we're going to look like idiots. So we're in a no-win situation there. And if we're going to pick one of those two, we have to pick them at six. We drop down a few picks, somebody else falls in love, we're going to lose out. Yeah. Now, I think the safest and smallest thing to do. No position in need of safety. I won't hit on that, but Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame is there. But I think really the smartest thing we can do, take that number six pick, trade down about six, seven spots, and try to pick up the center from Iowa. I think his name's Tyler Lindbaum, Lindbaum. We need a center. Strengthens our offensive line. We probably pick up another draft pick or two. And it's just a smart, solid move. You know, Ryan Khalil was a second-round pick the year we got uh, Dwayne Jared in the second round as well. But but we picked Ryan Khalil up in the second round, and we never looked back. It was great, solidified our offensive line. We need a center. We can keep Chris in the left tackle, moving the left guard. Maybe you know we we get another uh, guy in the draft to tackle. I'm not sure. But we got to strengthen the line. Try to get the linebacker into free agency. A quarterback, we're just going to have to get lucky. And I just don't see it in the draft yet. And I definitely don't see it in free agency. We're probably a year away. And uh, I think that's all we can do, guys. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Is that, um, I mean, I understand the getting the quarterback. We're not going to get there until we get the quarterback, but we're also not going to do anything until we get an offensive line. They have to grow together. So we have to try to find a way to do both. We might not be able to do both immediately, but if the, the one thing we can't do is not work on either. You know? Yeah, that, for sure. Like, I mean, is that – if we don't get the quarterback of the future or for the time being today, we better be working on the offensive line. Right. You know what I mean? Like you just can't, you need to be working towards that direction together. Um, so yeah. And this offensive line needs to get a lot better. And I know that you can say, Hey, it's not that far apart. Right. I mean, like, and I do, I do think sometimes we think we're so far away and maybe, coach is right we're not that far away you know but we also are one injury away every time from a great plan working you know and so not only do you need to get some starters but you got to have some guys that are going to be able to be good replacements when those starters get injured so you can't ever have too many offensive linemen you can't ever have too many defensive linemen yeah to me every year you should be drafting offensive linemen. Every year, at some point in the draft, you should be taking offensive linemen. You should always be replenishing it. That's one of the things I've always given credit to the Saints. The Saints are always spending premium picks on their offensive line, and it pays off. That allows you to have quarterbacks that aren't necessarily as mobile, they're not physically as capable, you can take them in and plug and play. Guys like a Matt Stafford and a Drew Brees and a Matt Ryan and a Derek Carr, like guys that you want to be, you know, mindful of the football field, sit behind the pocket and make good decisions. Well, you can do that when you have good offensive line play. And you should always be spending premium picks 
on those kinds of players because they do help you win football games. So, yeah, the answer is a little bit of both. Again, my only thing is, and maybe I'm just too much of a of an optimist here, but I don't think that our offensive line rebuild has to be very ex- extensive because I do think we have two very good football players on our team right now that can step in and do the job. Add one more guy to the mix, dude, we might be cooking with gas, man. Uh, it's like, that's why to me now that time is continuing to go on, you know, I'm like, maybe the quarterback really is what we should be focusing on right now. Cause if you don't have that quarterback, you're in NFL purgatory, man. Shame about it. Yeah. So we have reached that time once again. And, you know, NFL football is over. It's over. So you don't have that to look forward to. And I hate that. I wish that we all still had good football to look forward to. But the simple fact of the matter is we don't. But there is one thing that you'll always be able to look forward to. My partner, CK, using them golden pipes to bestow the shame upon the people. Ladies and gentlemen of the C3 Panthers podcast, you tune in after watching a Super Bowl that features two incredible quarterbacks, playoffs that were absolutely incredible, that gave you quarterback envy, that may have changed your mind about what we needed to draft this year. So you tune in to see what C3 had to say. But all of you that have not hit that thumbs up button, I have no idea why you show up. Hit this thumbs up button. This is your subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 102 strong viewers watching. 63 thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Hit the notification bell for every single time we go live and put out new content that helps us grow Panther Nation. Hit the like. Hey, man, get in the comments, too. Comments always help out the channel. Let us know. Give us feedback. Tell us the content that you want to see. And we're going to continue to be here for you, man. This podcast is year-round. We go nowhere. We're here for the fans. Tony, let's uh, move on. As we play this next call, I want you to think about a comment in the chat room that asked, who's your number one, number two offensive line? And both of those guys, you've looked at their film extensively. The state sure. guy and the Charles Cross. But let's go to this call. See what they guys say. I think they uh, have a quarterback take. Malik Willis. That's the dude this draft. Malik Willis. Bro, Kenny Pickett is Marcus Mariota 2.0. And I used to be on the side of draft a linesman, right? Let's draft a linesman. Fuck that. Fuck the offensive lineman. I want a damn quarterback, okay? And by the way, I'm a true true believer in Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown. Taylor Moten's already proven. We just need a good center in, in the offseason, and all we need is a couple of depth players and a depth right guard. It doesn't matter. You can have one mediocre spot if all your other spots are good. It's a gamble, but fuck it. The Rams gambled. It paid off. Oh. And by the way, say people say they won't trade. We won't trade Sam Donald because we owe him $20 million. We owe him $20 million no matter what. 
if they feel like he's an energy vampire or just kind of like brings down the team or is bad for the quarterback that we draft, it's bad for his development, they would say it's worth the $20 million to just get rid of him. Maybe it Cam on a sweet deal, on a low deal, because that would be the perfect guy for Malik Willis to be behind. I'm not saying it will happen. That's just what I want. Kenny Pickett sucks. And I don't think Ben McAdoo is going to be the worst court. Hmm. Your take on Charles Cross and uh, Okanuit, whatever his name is. Kim Ekwanu. So listen, uh, I, I really like both of them. The question is, do you think that they're going to be able to quickly catch on to the things that they weren't asked to do much at their respective colleges? So Charles Cross comes from an air raid offense, and they throw the football, and they throw it downfield. In my mind, um, he is the best pure pass-protecting left tackle in the entire draft, um, even more than Evan Neal. Evan Neal is a more well-rounded prospect, but if you're talking about pure pass protection, to me, Charles Cross is the, the best pass protector. But as you were able to see in the film room session that we did do on Charles Cross, he has the kind of aggression and athleticism that it does not take a bunch of imagination to imagine him, you know, uh, pull blocking, moving downfield, catching linebackers, being aggressive in the run game. I think Charles Cross could do that very well. On the other hand, I do think that uh, Ikema Kwanu could also be a very good pass protector as well. Um, he's very aggressive. He's built very stout. Uh, he's the type of guy that they're probably going to you know, NFL teams are going to talk about moving him to guard because of how aggressive he is at the point of attack. So, you know, both of these guys, you have to use a little bit of imagination when projecting them into the future. But I really like them both. Um, if I had to pick right now, I would put Cross ahead by just a slight margin. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I I'm really high on both of them um but i wanted to bring something up um he was talking about uh malik willis right there in that phone call so last year if you remember for the 49ers most of the rumors were that the san francisco 49ers were in love with matt jones but last minute they ended up going with malik willis or pardon me uh with trey lance I can see the Panthers being in a very similar situation where they might be in love with Kenny Pickett throughout the majority of the process. But then as the combine comes around, as the pro days come around, as they do more interviews and get guys into the building and actually meet with them in person, I could very easily foresee a scenario where the Panthers fall in love with the upside of Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett. And I think that that is something that could definitely happen. Um, so my thing is, it's, you know, once upon a time, Matt Rule was said to be a guy who loves the, the, the numbers, right? The, the intangibles. He loves the athletes. So part of that in my mind says, well, Maybe he does fall in love with the Malik Willis type of quarterback. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, a lot of unanswered questions that are 
still out there for us. But right now, either of them have to be in contention at number six. Um, let's, you know, this is funny. We actually kind of overlooked some of the news, uh, following, you know, I guess with the Carolina Panthers, right? I mean, there actually was some small news. It's not the most exciting news. We went straight to the quarterback discussion. Panthers have been adding to their coaching staff as, and people have been leaving this coaching staff. We also said a former Pat Meyer offensive lineman, uh, offensive line coach was hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, but the Panthers also have acquired a new tight ends coach um, and a wide receivers coach. Right. So last week, I think, and I don't know if we talked about it on the show last week or if it was just on free for all Friday, but we had hired Steve Wilkes uh, as the secondary, uh, as the defensive backs coach. I think we did talk about that last You Tuesday. did a video on it, but we didn't talk about it on the uh, show. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah, we've been adding. Uh, to these discussion or to this coaching staff and the, and the MO of, uh, of um, Matt rule. I got to say his credits got to give credit where it's due is that if he's really going the other way on his coaching staff this time around and hiring a guys with a ton, a ton of NFL experience uh, experience from the Chad Tober or Tabor guy that came from the special teams with the bears, Ben McAdoo, now Kevin Gilbride Jr. becomes the tight ends coach, and he is replacing, who was it, uh, Brian Angel Angelicho, who is leaving to go to another team to do the same thing. What's interesting about this is that Gilbride, who has spent his entire career in the NFL, his dad was the offensive coordinator for the Giants that Ben McAdoo ended up replacing. <laughs> Isn't that kind of bizarre? So Ben McAdoo replaces this dude's dad, but then keeps Kelvin Gilbride to be his tight ends coach. So we're getting a seasoned guy. He's only 42 years old. Uh, and in, uh, and another thing I just learned by looking at these guys' bios, Kevin Gilbride Sr., the dad, was an ECU Pirates coach back in 1988 and 1989. So that's pretty interesting here. Um, your guys, Matt Rule's continuing to add to the staff. Uh, a lot of these acquisitions, I feel like, are about as best as you could do, given the circumstances. One of the things that Matt Rule put together was a coaching staff that was largely NFL inexperienced. In fact, totally NFL inexperienced. And some of that, I don't know if it was entirely his fault, just not having a lot of connections in the NFL, being a college guy. And now that he's in the NFL game, you know, maybe that has just forged new, like a new kind of reputation. Maybe these are all guys trying to find a second life right now, um, trying to find an opportunity. Try, and Matt Rule's one of those people. Um, the Panthers adding to these coaches, on one hand, adding this experience is a good thing. Some people have been pointing out that other coach, uh, coaches leaving Carolina to go and pursue lateral positions at other teams signals the kind of despair or tenuous nature of the Carolina Panthers. Your thoughts on the recent coaching acquisitions? We'll start with Steve Wilkes and go from there. So I love the Steve Wilkes hire. It's my favorite hire out of all the hires that uh, the Panthers have made. Um I mean, you know, I, I don't think any of us ever had a problem with Steve Wilkes. Uh, I, the only criticism 
that I remember us having in his uh, final year as our defensive coordinator is that he was very dependent upon the blitz yep. to generate pressure. And, I, you know, but again, he's not our defensive coordinator. He's going to be our defensive backs coach and defensive passing game coordinator. Um, and I think one of the things that benefits us is that Steve Wilkes prefers that man coverage. And that's what the Panthers are moving to with J.C. Horn and C.J. Henderson potentially bringing back Stephon Gilmore. We have press man corners. We want to man you up. We want to play aggressive. And I think Steve Wilkes is an embodiment of that mindset. Um, I, I love the fact that he's back. He has history with the Panthers. Born here in Charlotte. This is by far my favorite my favorite hire of uh, of the Panthers to date thus far. Yeah, I, uh, and I'm, I, I like adding experience, CK. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the experience part of it. I think you need to see, you know, that that we, I mean, I think we all needed to see that, you know, for us to be anywhere close to comfortable with where our, our coaching staff is, is heading with uh, with where we're at right now. Um, my biggest thing is I, I don't know that, you know, I, I think the, the argument of what does this really mean as far as, like these coaches leaving the team and is there really anything to be said about that? And I, I don't know that there is, I don't know that there's anything that we can take from that because the reality is I don't know that they're leaving more so that maybe they're being told like you're, we're going to be moving on and we're just not going to fire you. You know, we're going to let it play out the way that it needs to play out, you know? So if you guys want to find another position, go ahead and do it. Because I like you get to keep in mind, you know, when when Ben McAdoo comes in here as a as a new coach, he's going to want his guys. Like that's what it so seems like, right? Yeah. He's adding his guys, and McBride or Kil Gilbride seems right. like one of his guys. Yeah, I mean, it just you know, I mean, and now obviously you can talk about Steve Wilkes. I think there was a concerted effort, and I don't know that it's just on Matt Rule. I think there could be some pressure that was put on in, in place by the guy himself, David Tepper. We're gonna, I mean, there's no way of knowing, but. You got to think that when you see the criticisms of this coaching staff up to this point, you got to think that that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, so kind of <laughs> that is the latest news with the Carolina Panthers. They're rounding out their staff and, and, um, and Matt rules effort to kind of live to see another season. And all those kind of things are circling back to the question, of the quarterback now, um, and this offensive line. And I think without the quarterback, it's going to be hard right. for him to find a way to keep his job. And uh, it doesn't seem like, and maybe this is where I, I agree with, this is why I won't take the bet with Cody about Sam Darnold, is putting Sam Darnold out there as a pathway to getting fired. It right. already it already almost ended there as it was. You can't do that again unless you just say, hey, we're going to bring in a rookie and ease him in at the right moment, I could see that potentially being a way that Sam Darnold's on the team. And I think Sam Darnold would make a great backup quarterback in the NFL. The problem is, is $18 million is not a backup salary. Right. That's the real problem. So uh, let's go to the next call. I think real quick, I'm all tired of these fucking depressing-ass, pussy-ass takes. I don't want to go into the season, damn, belly up. I want to go in fighting. I want at least want to have fun. Even if we lose a bunch of games, I want to have fun. Get a quarterback. Nothing else matters. You need a quarterback. The offensive line isn't that bad. We can do it. Get a quarterback. No more bullshit takes. Let's have some fun. This All right. Cody, you're on mute. You've been on mute the whole time. 
I love it, man. I love it. And how, how can anyone blame fans for feeling that way? You know what I mean? Like that, right. you know, looking at what we've had to go through. I mean, not even just recently, man. In the years that Cam Newton started to get hurt. I mean, it's it feels like we've been dealing this for, we've been dealing with these quarterback issues for half a decade now. And yeah. it does feel that way because we have been dealing with them for half a decade now. So yeah. yeah, man, that's why I don't blame people. And that's why you're that with the like, three picks. Get the quarterback. Go get the That's Sean. why your three picks is that you know what? Is that um it would be expensive, but you know what? It's way better than not going to eat. I would be right. imagine and look, let's just be real. Imagine how much more excited we would be for the start of the 2022 season if you knew that Deshaun Watson, the player. Was it going to be your quarterback? I'm sorry if you and don't have some Christian kind of McCaffrey was coming back, and DJ oh, Moore and Robbie Anderson. It's like, dude. oh, I know you would be right. And all you got to do is add a little bit in free agency to right. the line, and then you start to say, we don't right. need the defense to be a top five defense. We need them to try to figure out how to be a top fifteen defense. Right, the Bengals weren't top ten, were they? Oh no! But I tell you this, though, no, they weren't, and that's why everything has to be good on your team. You can't just have one good thing. Like everything has to be good. You get there, they were close. But if their defense makes a stop in this game, you know, if they stop Cooper Cup on that drive twice, you know, um, and I'm not, I'm like, I mean, we all just basically it's like the poor Eli Apple going to get roasted on the internet. It's got to be like the least light person in the NFL. Poor guy. I almost feel bad for him at this no, point. No, he did it to himself. Yeah, I have no remorse for that loser, dude. But, he, you know, he, he knew he wasn't going to get burnt anyway. You know what I'm saying? Is You're right. Their defense won't that awesome as it was. Um, But, yeah, you would be more successful right. with a defense that was kind of good and an offense that could keep you in any game. That would be exciting. You're right. You're right. I mean, and I think that that's the 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 kind of part about the argument here, and why I also, Cody, don't like. Um, and maybe I'm kind of backing off on Pickett. I'm getting a little scared of Pickett as I'm starting to look at him more. As We're gonna do some more film. We're gonna have to do some more phenomenal. I think film. he looks good, but I just don't see phenomenal. You know, what I mean, like, whoa you know, kind of wow factor. Right. The the thing, though, is that I always wondered this, is that when people say, oh, I pick, I'd take Pickett at 15, just <clears> not at <throat> 6. You know, or I'll take Malik Willis in the second, just not in the first. Well, you know what? If he's going to be good and he turns out to be good, then he's worth it wherever he's at. You know, and, and so the one thing that is, that's kind of where the people that's, oh, I mean, I want Deshaun Watson, but I don't want to pay that much for him. Well, yeah, if you want to play, like- you got to pay. You know what I'm saying? You want a good dinner, you got to pay yeah. for them. You I mean, is that like, that's the price? So if if that's the thing is that um, I just don't like this, like, oh, well, it's almost like too much of a money ball approach. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're playing it too safe. You're, you're, you're going on the assumption that you have to build the team a certain way. You have to build up all the O-line first. You have to make sure we have an all-star defense. 
then you can trade up and draft a quarterback. Just assuming that, that quarterback's going to be there. Go so get it's ballers. Yep. All right. Deshaun, last man. I'm telling you, David Tepper hey, knows this stuff. Oh, not last call. They keep calling. I just wanted to call in one more time tonight, and this is off topic a little bit, but I want to applaud you guys. And I believe a lot of the listeners and subscribers will do the same thing for this free three podcast. It's been a godsend. We we know that when we're doing well, Thanks, we're Jeff. winning. And I can only imagine following you guys, and I wasn't when we had our Super Bowl run. Mm. But how much I look forward to Tuesday night and even watching when I get an opportunity on Fridays, when you do your Friday free-for-all, or coming on here on Sundays after a game to bitch about the game or talk about the win. Um, but you guys really all need to be commended, you know, from CK, Bad Daddy, you, uh, you know, all you guys, Cody, um, Every single one of you guys, um, Tony, you you just you put the work in, and you're here every week, and you, your your fandom can never be questioned, and it's just nice and refreshing. It, I think we're just this franchise right now. We're at a low, and it's kind of tough, you know, when you're used to eating steak and potatoes and doing well when Cam was here. And right now, I feel like we're being fed fried bologna sandwiches every day. And yeah. <laughs> um, but you're here every day, every week, putting out content, uh, looking for a silver lining. And um, I, I just think you guys really need to be commended and take a bow um, because you're really giving the listeners, the diehards, something to hang on to during rough times. And I just want to let you guys know I appreciate you guys, and if I ever see you out in public, I'll buy you guys a beer. My man. Hey, Thank Chuck. You. We love you, Chuck, man. You've been a great addition to the podcast. You've been a great member of the community, and I really, you know, um, I, first of all, I just want to thank you for that call because um, sure. people in life can always benefit for some affirmation, right? Like, we, I mean, it really helps people. Like, I like to... um compliment people you know just give somebody a compliment even when it's i won't say unnecessary but like just like hey man you you know your sweater looks nice today to a lady at work or something like that it just you never know um particularly like what's going on in our own lives um that sometimes that causes like you know like not everything's roses for all of us i've I've actually had a very difficult week and it's nice to, to get a little affirmation um, and appreciate and not appreciation, but like recognition, like we could all use that. And that's a, and we recognize you guys as well. And I was thinking this, Oh, this was cool. Cody. I went out uh, this Saturday to this like bar bar at our down the street. Like we have this triangle of bars we always go to. And this is the late night one. This is like the mm-hmm. bar. This is the one where you go to get, rowdy Trash. yeah 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 um and this guy i walk in and this guy goes hey you got a panthers podcast don't you <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> i got a picture with him his name was worthington washington washington where it was so late and it was already you know it was late but i got a picture with him he didn't want his face being publicized so <laughs> he i got a picture with him but his hands up over his face 
But I was like, man, that's kind of neat, you know, and I go on the local radio here so that, you know, maybe I got a little in, but that was nice. Uh, we could all use and look, um, we don't do this to be congratulated, but it is nice when you are. Um, and man, we have been and he's right. Like we have been pounding these streets for a hot minute. We've been uh, pounding the streets, but it's also important for us, I feel, to, to say like to all of those people who love this podcast and love what we do, you make the Carolina Panthers just as bearable for us as we do the Panthers season for you guys. These past few years, like, you know, uh, imagine we're in the middle of the season and we're losing like we always do where we just crash back down to earth like the dumpster fire football team that we've been. Every, you know, it feels like every week, and I know that Tony and CK feel a little bit a little bit of this too. At certain points, you feel like you're saying the same things over and over yes. and over. And it's like, dude, what more do I even have to say about this topic? Like, there is nothing else to say. But the fact that we're able to come every Tuesday night and now Fridays as well. And be able to have that community and hang out with one another. Like, we might not all be in the same room together, but man, you guys are my brothers, my brothers and sisters, man. I love each and every one of you. This has been an incredible experience from the moment that I've gotten on here. Tony, I'm grateful to you forever for letting me on this podcast. I have so much fun doing it. And no matter what happens with the Carolina Panthers, like, we do this. We're not going anywhere, yeah. man. We love the community that we've built up. We love the football team, and and we're gonna keep on doing it for everyone. And now we have this. to. It's like one of those things. Like once you wear a tie to work every day, like you can't. Um, I, I now the pandemic gave me an out on the tie at work. So when I started teaching, <laughs> I was a very young. I mean, I was very young. First of all, I was twenty eight years old when I started teaching, and at the collegiate level, and I looked young. I you know I was like look to you i mean i don't i can't grow facial hair you know what i mean i'm like a, i had a baby i am now i'm just getting to the point where people are like you don't look young anymore tony uh <laughs> but i had to kind of separate myself a little bit to at least pad a little i won't say authority but just like to give myself to the students for them to take me serious so i made sure you know you dress the part you, my, my old boss says you dress for the job you want not the job you have um and so I wore this shirt and tie every day, every day. And I, and, and um, my friend at work goes, God, you don't ever wear a shirt and tie, man. He said, because once you start wearing the shirt and tie, the day you can't, you don't wear the shirt and tie. And this is true. Like the only time I would go in when I start to get fat and my like, I couldn't button this thing as much anymore. So I would go sport coat, no tie, trying to be like cool teacher look. And they would be like, what's up? Is it casual Wednesday or what? You know, so now that we do this every Tuesday, like we can't miss it. Like I was thinking about this. I was tired. I was like, God, there ain't nothing to talk about. Yeah. But I was like, can't do it. And then the last point I want to make on this is we know who our audience is. And that's why we do the long form podcast. I know it sucks. I know we say that, like, we got to do this show shorter. We got to do this. People that listen to this podcast don't want the superficial take. Right. They know more about this football team than the five minutes they're going to get on a national 
from a national pundit. They right. want us to talk about Kevin Gilbride. That's right. Or else we are just talking about the same shit over. So I appreciate you guys. I yeah. appreciate you too on this yeah. with me. Yeah. No, I'm, oh, go ahead, Cody. No, 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 go ahead, CK. I was just going to say, I mean, obviously it's, it's it, the thing is to Tony's point, you know, we've got uh, a, such a, this community is growing and growing and growing and growing. And, and it, just to put it into perspective, right? How many other podcasts that are team specific after a horrible year like this, a week after the Super Bowl with no news whatsoever, have a hundred people tuning in to I watch know. watch us talk about you know the Carolina Panthers, right? Uh, and 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 yeah, a lot of that's going to be interesting to see what the take is on how the Super Bowl went, all that stuff. But I mean, like you know, if we didn't do this, we'd be letting a lot of you guys down too, right? Um, and 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 the reality is, I know what it's like to be on the other side of this, listening to the because I didn't watch the show live, but I did listen to it in my car while I was driving to work the next day, whatever that may have been, right? I did all of that, and I know exactly what's going through your like when you're listening to this long form, you know, this long form, like Tony said, you're sitting there arguing along with us, like you're in this podcast with us, and I love that thought is that there are so many people listening even after the live show is over that are just so involved in what we're talking about, they're arguing with themselves in a car. If somebody pulled up beside them, they would think they were crazy. Like, why are you screaming yeah. about Deshaun Watson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. CK has got the stupidest take, dude. Why are you? Like, I know I know that's what's going on, right? And, and But, I mean, I appreciate the heck out of anybody. And, and, and you know, like I said, it's something that I, you know, I I, I think we all take pride in knowing that we're, we're here to, you know, provide you guys some content to, to try to, you know, absorb with regard to the Carolina Panthers. And, and to, to, add on to, to, to add on to this, Tony, like, think about the, the amount of hours, like, you know, people that drive trucks for a living, you know, that just listening to us, right. they have a bunch of time to kill. And to your point, like this long form podcast is a big conversation and you might not live in a community where you have access to people. So your time to kind of conversate and talk and bullshit and hang out with the boys ends up being hanging out with us whenever you get the opportunity to do so. So, you know, yeah. it's two further points on that. One is um, when I think sometimes I think, God, we're just talking about it feels like old news. Like, all right, the Steve Wilk stuff. Right. Right. That feels old to me because we're so immersed right. in this show all the time. Right. And the Twitter, you know, I have 6,000 Twitter followers and all of them are Panther fans. Right. Like that's the cool. My Twitter feed is dope. Like it's like the happiest thing for me and the worst. But it's like like it's like all one common group. So it's really neat. But at the same time, I have to try to remind myself because I've talked about this seven times since Friday that the people who are listening haven't talked about it or heard about it seven times. So I got to try to remember that and remind myself. And then the last point to Chuck's call, this was the hardest season for me. Out of the nine, we've done nine seasons. Now, nine, it's like eight and a half technically because we started kind of, we I didn't do a full preseason of that 2013 year. We started in like week four, right? Because the whole plan was to wait and get the podcast ready and do it in 2014. That, yeah. you know, that was the pan. Like Joey and I was like, all right, we're going to get it right. I'm going to name it. I'm going to do all this and build it and try to do it. And then we're going to roll it out at a certain time. 
And then I was like, man, we got to just record, dude. We're, we're, we're 12 games. You know what I mean? Like we were on a good, you know, we went 12 and four that season. I was like, I got it. I can't miss this. So I just started yeah. recording. I kind of slapped it all together, was learning on the fly. That's why the name has kind of evolved over time. I mean, just some of the, a lot of things I would have done differently probably. But um, out of the eight and a half seasons going like I were nine going into our 10th year, this past year was the hardest. The hardest. Um, and I don't know entirely why that is. Um, I think it's I think because the uncertainty was hitting me from so many different angles. You know, so some years you'd just be like, oh, Cam's hurt. Or, oh, we have a shitty left tackle. Or, oh, our defense is... It's like one major thing that you felt like could be overcome shortly. Right. This, I don't know, really. Like, it's so much... It's like a quicksand of shit right now. So, I don't know. Is that... But it is a new year. It's a new leaf. And we're going to find a way uh, to get excited and get some hope. And, boy, I tell you, man, bringing in the Deshaun Watson would be making it a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's like another thing too like think about our podcast just how good it would be for us just you know people are gonna come in and be like oh yeah i'm so happy or oh we fucked this up so bad or oh deshaun watson's a you know serial molester or whatever the fuck you know it's like yeah it, oh it, yeah it, it'll be wild i was trying to think of some other seasons there's been a couple where i've had we've had eight game losing streaks i remember like and we've done that we did that pat this year was either eight or ten. Like at the end. It was week ten. That no, we win we won in week ten against the Cardinals. That was the last time. So we lost eight straight or something like that. Um, there's been another season like that, and those eight straight losses. Let's let's just say we coined the therapy thing in twenty fourteen, I think it was. Twenty fourteen is when we coined therapy. You know, that was the seven, eight, and one year, or sixteen was like that too. But this one still has been uh very difficult for me. Um, but I tell you this, last point to Chuck's call. Losing eight straight sucks, but man, Winning eight straight is fucking awesome on this podcast. When we went fifteen and uh, like, oh man, you could like I mean, people were talking, oh, we're the worst undefeated team in the history of the world. Fuck y'all, man. We were, God, like everything was just awesome that year. It was so easy. It was so easy. And then, man, just that ending was really disheartening. Imagine if we had a similar season now with the podcast where it is now and with the viewers that we have now. Nuts. It would be nuts. Um, Like, it is there would be and maybe actually the only thing sometimes is weird is sometimes we get more views when we suck have you yeah. noticed that like is that well, we really average, had no choice well average is not very interesting no really good is very interesting and really bad is very interesting in a certain way um but sometimes when everything is going right people don't need to talk about it you know, you're just like, well, I'll see you Sunday, folks. <laughs> this is awesome. Have a great I week. Think it's, I think it's kind of the same thing the both ways. If you're the fan of, of a team, you want to celebrate with other fans of the team. Right. Likewise, when your team is dog shit and doing everything <clears throat> wrong, you want a group of people that you can vent with. 
you know yeah. and i think that's why this this podcast has been such a blessing to so many panther fans because it's like dude for for as much trauma as we've been through with matt rule and teddy bridgewater and sam Darnold, you know i think the, the reason why your morale has been so low tony is because it's like you're watching one of your best friends in the world in a relationship with someone that you know is a piece of shit and it's toxic and it's bad for their health, but you just kind of have to let them go through the motions on their own, you know? And, and you, you gotta be, be their to... friend. You gotta be yeah, their friend. Yeah. We have to be fans, man. We have to mm. be fans, even though our football team is in an abusive, toxic relationship with Matt Rule. Yeah, and uh, let's just say we have been blessed with some success as Carolina fans. Right. Two Super Bowl appearances, several playoff victories. In a short history. Yeah. I mean, you got to think this is that the Bills just got their first playoff victory and since like 1999. The Bengals since 1990. Um, like we've had – just think about how many playoff wins we've had as an organization – and just understand the Bengals haven't had a single one since we've been in existence right. as a yes. up until this year. Like, just think about we've that. We've had I two mean, Super Bowl appearances, and right. they haven't even had a playoff win. The yeah. reality is when you look at teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots, it kind of numbs you to the fact, like, it makes you feel like your team is so bad and that it's yeah. just this trash pit, right? Because, like... Those are outliers. Those don't happen on a regular occurrence. The New England Patriots type of a team when they had Tom Brady doesn't happen on a regular occurrence. So we've we've begun to establish in our, in our minds that this should be where we're at as an organization. And it's really tough to do that in a, in a, in a pro league on any level. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so I mean, I, been I blessed agree. and cursed all at the same time. Last call of the night. Short. Hey, this is Kevin from Charleston. Listen, I'm not going to put your foot around it. You know, we talk about, oh, quarterback, we need to draft the quarterback. We need to draft the offense line. You know what we really need? We need to get a motherfucking long snapper, motherfuckers. When's the last time we had a reliable long snapper? That's what we need in this fucking team. That's what will get us to a fucking Super Bowl. Peace. Well, um, I would say the last time we had a reliable long snapper was last year, the year before, and the and 13 or <laughs> 15 seasons before that. And uh, I guess that does bring up the kind of the sour grapes. I, and maybe this is the, this is salt in the wound for draft heads. And this is why I'm so tired of the Trey Smith stuff and this, you know, because you're pointing to one guy in the seventh or sixth that turned out to be a starter. Why other teams missed on them? That's another question. Um, but the Panthers and I, I want us to do this on our next debate or take, debate my take, Cody, was the 2021 draft a bust for the Carolina Panthers. You got a first-round pick. Just think of it like this. is first-round pick that ended up being hurt. A right. second-round pick that didn't play. A third-round pick that uh, was underwhelming in playing time. The coaching staff didn't love him. Like a fourth-round, like the, is Tommy Trimble the only good draft pick at this point? And then on top of that is that you drafted a long snapper for this bit. And, and then the Panthers made it a big deal, too, like the call. 
And the guy's like, I'm going to crawl there if I got to. And they're like, well, get on your hands and knees and blow me for a position on the team. <laughs> and I guess he didn't do that because he barely, he didn't make the team. And well, he, he, he went on IR. Yeah. But then you go and sign JJ Jansen again. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's what, what I'm like, confused about. Just like, so it's just so weird. And, maybe uh, they're gonna, maybe they plan on putting him as a center. Maybe I don't know, but good <laughs> God. Um, so, all right, that is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We do have one last little um, segment, not bit, segment that we do, and it's the longest running segment on the Panthers, on the C3 Panthers podcast. It's our ice up picks, where our homage to Steve Smith to ice, tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Everyone is fair game. Um, from 12-year-olds in Oklahoma to politics to uh, economics to fun stuff, uh, funny stuff or whatever. I got a couple for you guys tonight, but I know, CK, since you – I want you to go first since you were talking – since let's keep that conversation as close as we can to that. Um, you, when you look at teams like the Patriots, how right. that can give you a false perception of maybe how easy it is to have success. So um, what we'll do, um, Cody, since you'll have the ability to share it, if you want to pull it up from their DMs and Twitter, that article, um, there was a reporter um, that's a a fan of the of the New England Patriots. Uh, He goes by the name of Michael DeVito, Um, and he's he's got this on a uh, on a on a website called chowderandchampions.com. And this is the beginning of it. And I, I, for whatever reason, I got a notification on my phone of this article. And it says, Mac Jones' work ethic in question. Patriots QB acting like a prima donna. I click on it because I'm expecting, oh, yeah, I'm adding more fuel to the fire about my expectations of Mac Jones. Because I think we can all say as Panthers fans, we don't like the guy. Not because he beat us, but because of what he did to Brian Burns. And it was a clear, dirty play. And and people can debate that all they want. It was clear, and I think most people would probably agree with that. Anyway, um, so no, I don't like Mac Jones. But the article's premise is that uh, Mac Jones is when he should be hard at work this offseason. He's frolicking around the Super Bowl like a prima donna, meaning that he's going around the Super Bowl like what most players do. Let's be real about it. And he just got his team to the Super Bowl or to the playoffs, I should say. Right. He did all the, the things you would not expect a rookie quarterback to do, especially coming off of abysmal, you know, a team that had an abysmal season the year before. Right. You know, we got to give Mac Jones some credit because he was clearly the best quarterback, at least last year from the draft class in which he came in. But the, the thought is, is like, as I mentioned, you know, the, the Patriots have dealt with success for so long. Um, and the first sign that they have of a quarterback not doing what they expect a Tom Brady type quarterback to be doing, they throw a hissy fit during Super Bowl week saying that he should be in training. He should be get, trying to find a way to lose that weight that he has on all of these things. Horrible take with no substance whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, to this, to the really, I think, as a whole, the Patriots fans who are so fucking spoiled with a quarterback like Tom Brady for the past 20 years that they look at Mac Jones as 
is we, his time that is considered a vacation that he is out at Super Bowl week, like majority of players were, and out there uh, having himself some sort of a good time doing interviews to that Michael DeVito and any Patriots fan out there that agrees with that take, I sub son. Yeah, it's literally when everyone in the NFL is frolicking around like prima donnas, man. They're they're you know they're NFL players. That's that's crazy, man. Um, Tony, do you want to go first? You want me to yeah, go? Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and go. I got some fun ones. Um, yeah, mine's just okay. crazy and fun at the same time. Um, I got three different ones. Uh, one is this: is I saw a story. Now this happened in 2017, but like I guess they just kind of finalized all the things um two officers with the la police department were fired for ignoring a robbery in progress to play pokemon go (laughs) says the men louis lozano and eric mitchell lost their appeal against the multiple counts of misconduct which had been part based on a recording of them in the car the digital in-car video system uh, captured them willfully abdicating their duty to assist a commanding officer's response to a robbery in progress and playing a Pokemon mobile game uh, while on duty. Instead of responding to the call, who they were only feet away, it says, from um, Macy's, they started to back up down the alley away from the robbery to get there. <laughs> Wow! Little go got whatever those things are. So uh, to those guys, <laughs> I say ice up. Um, the next one I got. This one's funny to me. Is and that's not. This one is like it probably shouldn't even be that funny. This guy Steve McGuire in New England. Uh, they had an abnormally warm day last week or so, um, where they had like a sixty-seven degree day in February. So they took advantage of it, went around, like riding around with the windows down. And so they get back home and he leaves the sunroof open on his minivan. And he goes out there on Valentine's Day uh, to his wife's car and there's nine inches of snow inside. (laughs) Uh, So be sure to close your sunroof after a sunny day because you never know when you're going to get nine inches of snow. And literally ice up. Uh, And literally (laughs) ice up. Exactly. My last... Uh, ice up pick goes to I would say that this is abnormal for our nation but um, Bette Midler and uh, West Virginia have a feud going Uh, and this is not new but I just ran across this story Bette Midler who I believe is on like The View or one of those morning talk shows where I also I mean we could talk about people talking about things that they don't know a lot about um, but so she was upset with Joe Manchin when he was um, kind of impeding the Build Back America, Build Back Better Act. So this West Virginia senator is um, a Democrat that was voting against this Democratic bill. And so she tweeted out this that she said. She tweeted, what Joe Manchin, who represents a population smaller than Brooklyn, has done to the rest of America who wants to move forward, not backward, like his state is horrible. He sold us out. He wants us to be just like his state, West Virginia, poor, illiterate, and strung out. She went on to then say, so this feud with her and uh, West Virginia has been going on for a couple of months now. 
but she went out and tweeted something to the effect of that her dog would have been so the this the governor for West Virginia did a state of the union speech or some sort of state of something speech and uh, maybe it was after Biden's speech uh you know how the opposite team does theirs and uh she tweeted out that her dog would be more entertaining so um this week the West Virginia governor or last week uh, brought his dog into the state legislature and held up its backside and told Bette Midler to kiss her hiney. <laughs> so we've got politics using dog poop props, dog ass props, uh, going after old ass talk show ladies. Um, I would like to say that this is abnormal, but this is like completely par for course when it comes to politics. So, if anything, um, it's kind of tame. <laughs> yeah. you know especially considering who the president was the past four years yeah uh, by the way that bet midler thing like i'm no republican but that right there is why democrats are going to lose the midterms and they're going to lose the presidency again because of these richly liberal people looking down their nose that's just like when hillary was calling trump's supporters a gang of deplorables and shit like that it's like people don't respond to that kind of shit from right. rich politicians. No, it's out of touch. It's out of touch. Yeah, and, it's like um, it's so. It's like yeah. As you speak behind your your uh, your uh, gated community walls, you know at, that shields you from the middle class Americans that you look down upon. It's like shut and up. And they do have do a anything by and they do have a big point about. Um, and I'm not going to say this is look. I work for government. You know, I mean, our taxpayers pay my check. Uh, so I like I think there's a positive uh, role that government can play in our lives. But throwing money uh, around isn't always just a solution to problems. I mean, you look at the CARES Act with the pandemic, like, I mean, there is a lot of like weird money spent. Like you can only spend it on certain stuff. But it's like, gosh, I mean, it's like it's one thing to make sure that we have a flow of credit to make sure that people like institutions don't seize right. up and do some different things. But I don't know if just spending money to spend money um, is wise in its own right. And like the idea too, especially for institutions, I don't want to talk too much about my personal job because I don't want to get in trouble. But like, especially when you make one-time acquisitions, right? Like you get this one influx of money to, to buy stuff, but then you can't support that stuff in the long term. Like, is that just a wasted venture at that moment? I don't know. But anyway, yeah. One day, Tony, you're, me and you, me, one day, me, me and you need to do some form of like a political, even if it's just like a once a year. Type yeah, of I'd deal. love to. That's fun. Yeah, yeah you know, I, me I'm and my down. buddy are starting a new podcast. I, I haven't told anybody about this. It's the first time I've told anybody about it. But since we're we're both historians, I mean, we're pr oh, okay. professionally trained historians, and we're doing a book club podcast. So we're going to read, you know, we've already recorded one episode. We're going to drop them. We're going to drop like a season, though. We're not going to drop it like a weekly thing yeah, 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 yeah. because oh, it's oh. too hard to keep up with that. And, you know, you get busy at work. So we're going to record like six episodes before we even drop it. But we've already we're already three books deep. Uh, first book is on a topic I don't like at all, which is uh the Civil War, military history, Confederacy, but we did it. We're picking all of our books based on um, topics that are relevant today. So we picked it because yeah. that 
because uh, of the monuments memorial status is is alive the next flag. book we're doing yeah is uh the next book is really cool it's called american contagions it's about like how we've historically dealt with pandemics uh and then the third book we're working on now is a very complicated one it's on immigration from the 20s and how that set the tone for what illegal aliens are today so i'll keep you guys informed about that a little bit as we go forward but yeah i'm always interested in talking about the world all right yeah, cody sure. ice these fools up and let's get out of here yeah, man. So uh, I have three, but they're 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 all quick. I promise. Oh, uh, no, number yeah, one, sure. number one, I'm icing up Streamyard. Give okay. me a dark mode, man. My yeah. eyes always hurt so badly at the end of this podcast because I have the Streamyard up. Whenever you see me share stuff like from Twitter or my YouTube, I always have everything in dark mode. Like my eyes just don't want to stare at a big bright. You know, we can make suggestions. Screen. I'm gonna make a suggestion to the creator group about that for you. But yeah, definitely do, man. Because this, my eyes hate looking at Streamyard, and I use it so much. Right. You know, I, so it's like, come on, Streamyard, give us a dark mode. Um, number two, this one, Tony, I think you might find hilarious, and you may have even heard about this. Um, this is coming from Arizona. A priest in Arizona resigned after he incorrectly performed baptisms for decades, possibly derailing the right for thousands of people. The Catholic Diocese of Phoenix on its website confirmed Andrea Sharongo used the words, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, instead of the correct phrase, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in English and in Spanish. The diocese explained that the single incorrect word matters for worshipers because it's not the community that baptizes a person and incorporates them into the Church of Christ. Rather, it's Christ and Christ alone who presides over all sacraments. Therefore, it is Christ who baptizes, the diocese says. If you were baptized using the wrong words, that means your baptism is invalid and you were not baptized. And I'm like, dude, whoa, imagine you live your whole life as a good Catholic person and then you find out like, oh, you were baptized wrong? Like, dude, that's... I, I gotta believe... To this, I gotta like, believe the church can do something like a pre, you know, like a uh, special intervention, like a grace thing or you know there's got to be something that this can be like yeah is that this is important but we can't just nullify oh man so look it even goes on to say and shrugging off the invalid baptisms isn't an option for many worshipers because it affects sacred practices for catholics such as confirmation communion and more the diocese can't have those unless you do you got to do them in the order and the diocese says the confusion could also affect marriages. So, man, to the guy who's literally been messing this up for decades. Think I about suck. that. It's just the difference between an I and a we, though. Yeah, dude, literally an extra, an extra letter. Dude, that's Protestants crazy. won't get this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it's it's quite interesting. Ahead. But, yeah, no, I was going to say, like, it's, it's so weird that the one, the one word changes such an incredible amount of that because like even with my work they make a big deal like because when we have to talk to somebody it's recorded and monitored line i have to say call may be monitored or recorded if i say call may be recorded or monitored i'm in trouble 
and it makes no sense whatsoever. There is no reason yeah. behind it. So it is weird that that's uh, such a big Lawyers. deal. But Lawyers. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one cool thing and not cool thing about the Catholic Church. They're very technical. You know, it's like they believe mm-hmm. what they believe. All right. What's this one? So our final one is if you're the guy riding this moped, how the fuck do you not know this is coming? Oh, oh, hey, yo. Like, literally, you're driving on the tracks, and that's a big-ass train right there. You're going to tell me that it took you up to that point to realize that there's a big-ass train coming for you? He's it's probably like, just, like, dude, listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. He was so... Oh, he's a C3 fan. <laughs> He was uh, he so was enraptured in by our, he was so enamored by our conversation. He was and listening t- to Tony Dunn wax poetically about Gardner Minshew. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, wow. to that guy, that made me jump. That made me pee my pants. Dude, to that scared. guy who damn near got himself killed. Come on, man! How did you not know that's coming? Ice up, son. Ice up. Uh, Brock Morg- Maurice. This is Maurice. Remember me. Is he talking about the guy that I met in the... I don't know. All right, uh, look, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, best fans, best podcast, best everything, bestest, bestest, bestest. Nah, man, we have a good time. Uh, thanks, Chuck, for that words of encouragement. I kind of needed that night. I was kind of trying to find some motivation to come on here and really get excited. And I was like, man, we can't bail on the first episode of the season after 10. It's 10, so we ain't bailing. We ain't bailing. We'll keep it together. Uh, we lift up each other, man. Lock arms, walk forward together. You can contact me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can email me at Carolina cat chronicles at gmail.com. Like Nick said, leave us a rating uh, wherever you listen at. If it's on YouTube, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. Uh, if you're on Facebook, subscribe, smash the thumbs up. Um, if you're on iTunes, Spotify, podcast apps of all nature, give us a rating or at least consider it. That's one way that you can help us grow um, without even donating a dollar. Um, now your time is worth something. So we appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We appreciate all those people listening. Uh, I appreciate the two guys um, on this podcast with me. Thanks, fellas. Cody, go ahead. Always, Pass man. the mic around. Yeah, man. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, this Thursday, we're going to have a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and then at some point this week, Tony and I are, we're going to be doing a debate my take, but we're also going to probably be uploading a video film room featuring none other than Malik Willis. That Uh, now I'm excited. excited. That will be really fun. That's going to be a cool one. And then as always Friday free for all every Friday at 7 PM. You, yes, you, whoever you are listening, however you're intaking the show, either listening on audio, watching on YouTube, you can be a part of the show. I will post the link to the StreamYard every Friday at 7 p.m. You can come. We have an incredible time. We have a dedicated group of guys that come on every Friday and love to you know, add to the discussion. It's been an incredible time. And I want to meet all of you, man. This is the Friday free for all has been part of my way and our way, really, of putting names to faces, man. 
Like I've gotten to meet so many of you guys that I genuinely consider to be good friends now. So come be a part of it, man. Friday free for all every Friday at 7 p.m. And CK, did you uh have I just learned maybe I'm just completely out of it about Amazon gaming? Prime uh, gaming, like you can get games, yeah, like part of your prime membership, and they seem like they're pretty cool games, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too familiar with it, but uh, I know a lot of those are starting to do subscription based game options and stuff. Like, well, you get Xbox. some with your prime membership, homie. Yeah. You already <laughs> got some, you should check them out. All right, CK, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the social medias at Codizzle Allen, Twitter, Instagram. I have the Tiki Taki. Uh, you can follow me over there as well. Um, if you want to, if you're interested in watching some streaming, I've been playing mainly Escape from Tarkov. If anybody here plays Escape from Tarkov and would like some people to play with at night, feel free to reach out. Um, but uh, you can find me on Facebook Gaming at Codizzle Allen as well. Um, but uh, other than that, you're going to find me here every Tuesday night uh, hanging out with you guys. Thanks so much, guys, for your support. Uh, oh, Cody, take us out of here, bro. Yeah, we never even talked about the halftime show. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah, we'll Let's talk about I... that next week. There's nothing to be upset about, folks. Rap is mainstream. I don't even know how people are even upset. Yeah, it's, that's crazy shit in the world. But, hey, add to that conversation yourself next, this Friday on the free-for-all. Uh, but until then... We will see all of you fine people later. Until then, keep pounding. Keep pounding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.